Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Oh, 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Oh, wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. 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 I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. We're kind of loud, quiet. <laughs> yeah, we're, we we're, we're, we're uh, whisper screaming. Welcome on to R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. He, of course, is Rudy J. happily clad in a hoodie. Yeah, we're yeah. having to wear long sleeves. It's a little nippy yeah. out here on the tennis courts. I'm Rob Thompson, and we are R&R live from Dallas Cowboys training camp. As we have been all week long, this is day three. It's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday. Yes, we are truly in the car wash. Rent, wash, rinse, wash. The party's over. I'm ready to go home. Oh, you know what? I need to join you guys on StreamYard. Yeah, uh, that would be nice. I mean, we we do it every day, me. Rob. I'm, I'm running. <laughs> I, I am truly running on fumes. Good morning, Edwin. How are you today? Doing good. So I'm, which StreamYard am I going into? That one. Am I going into StreamYard 1? Yes. Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, we'd like to, at this uh, part of the broadcast, ask for your forgiveness. Um, yeah, it's all good. It's no well, worries. We're, no, we were, we uh, had a good time. Good time last night. We went out, great time. We hung out on the time. beach. Uh, but that was the end of our day. The true working part of our day was spent watching the Cowboys in pads and day two of practice, uh, talking with Jerry Jones, uh, talking with Micah Parsons, uh, hearing from McCarthy. Um, Micah Parsons said my name. Yeah, yes, he did. Well, first of all, Jason, did you just Minnick, say say my name. Say yeah. my name. Okay, we gotta play the cut, Jason. Dude, this he is a be, fire starter. Yeah, he? he's supposed to be my bro, supposed to be my friend. Tells Micah Parsons I have no balls, even though he knows I was out on the field work. That was it. I don't know how wrong it was. <laughs> it was. You know what wrong. I mean? I, it wasn't wrong. What but at Dan the same said. time, I'm like, wait, bro, like you know, <laughs> you know where I was. He was like, I just wonder if Rudy Jason have the I balls. I wonder where Rudy is up. because like, uh, we actually have him out with a microphone on yeah. the field. But that coward. Like, yeah, like you know where I'm <laughs> like, at. Like I've been giving, I've been giving you feedback all more, all, you know, the entire day. So we did have Micah, uh, Deron Bland. Deron Bland, Micah Parsons, Jerry Jones. So Great day yesterday. We bring all this up knowing full well that you have access to all of this. So please, even if you've already seen them, 
<laughs> go back and watch them again. We get graded on. We get graded on this kind of stuff, and Lord help us. Uh, at least on my end, I uh, needed a lot of help along the way on things that were graded. Uh, let's just call it <laughs> education with a community effort. It's all good, man. You know? So uh, last night we uh, took the bus down up to uh, Malibu for, to uh, go to Jerry's annual uh, press sojourn to Nobu. And uh, it was everything it always is. Uh, My third Nobu, and uh, didn't it did not disappoint. I hope you've seen the socials. Rudy uh, led us in, in dress and apparel. What? Oh, man, you look good, Les. Oh, People yo, kept walking did. by like uh, one guy thought you were a, a former New York Jet. Yeah, he was like, oh, man, you that New York Jet. I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm Curtis Martin. <laughs> so, uh, he was like, hey, man, how you been? And I'm, you know, when you get that and you're kind of weirded out and you kind of just, hey, what's going on, man? He was like, you played for the Jets, right? As far as you know. I was like, nah, bro, I did not. I did not play for the Jets. And then his buddy comes up to me after he walks off. He's like, hey, man, he's a little bit much sometimes. You got to excuse him. He was an odd-looking cat. He was different. You could tell he had uh, he was the the kind that had a bit of money. And, uh, you think he had some money? You, uh, you, if you, it's you didn't wear your hair like Prince Valiant. Yeah, you're right. He probably had a little bit of cheese. But, well, I mean, yeah, he, he, he swore I played for the Jets. I had to be a running back. Only one I could think of was Curtis Martin. I don't know who else he could be talking about. I don't remember any Jets running back because I'm only 5'9". Why did you just immediately go to running back? Because I'm 5'9". Why, why downgrade your skills? Go get paid. Because. <laughs> call yourself a wide you know, receiver. Go get this, money. Uh, under money. six feet, it's got to be running back. I mean, I'm, 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 I stand eye to eye with Deuce Vaughn. So the first time uh, we went, this is our third. This is my night. third. Yeah. Your third. What, our where third was the together media party as, before as, I as got a, here? As a couple. What? What was the media party before I came? Same thing. There, oh, there's Nobu? been one other okay. time, and they took us down to a place down on Sunset Strip. Uh, but it's been at Nobu for ever since that one time down there. Mm. Um, so I don't know what mine is, but, uh, we didn't, we haven't always been able to go. This isn't an annual thing. It, it's always because on. We were there. Y'all would, we would be here week. depending on when practice starts. We always like to be here at the beginning of a training camp uh, to hear the state of the union and, you know, see Jerry right. and all that. But because practice started this year on a Wednesday, uh, from the countdown from the first preseason game that you count back. Like 17, 17 days. 17 days, yeah. Uh, from the first preseason game, and that's the annual beginning. And because of that, there are years we didn't come on the on the week where Jerry invites all the press. So gotcha. due to the scheduling, we've been able to go over the last several years because it's been middle of the week, uh, training camp beginning. So last night we get on the bus and head up to PCH and uh, have what is always just a spectacular night. I finally and, saw the PCH. Yes, uh, you did. I, I almost missed it. Well, like I to, was asleep. So, no, before we go any further, <laughs> so Rudy gets sat sits on the bus, and we wouldn't even let him sit on the side of the bus with the good view because it would have been wasted waste. on it. Yeah, He'd I'm have been waste. asleep, and no one would have been able to right. use those good seats. So he sat on the other side. And uh, he was sitting straight up, had his sunglasses on. He, he hadn't even slouched. He just looked like he was sitting looking forward. <laughs> Joe turns and says something to him. Rudy doesn't even move. <laughs> like, like, dude, I think he's mad at you. He didn't even say anything. And then we realized Rudy was asleep. We hadn't been on a bus like three minutes. I mean, literally, if we had oh left the parking God, lot, we t- it was like the first right. Dude, I don't know. It's something about the PCH that puts me to sleep. Well, uh, f- first of all, it is a skill. 
to do that. I, I'll say it again. I wish I was capable of just like hitting the off switch. Like, I'm checking out, man. Yeah, just come get rap. me when you need me. That's a wrap. Yesterday, well, it's been a long couple of days of practice, but, but yesterday was a long day. Yeah, of practice. yesterday was. We were we spent the whole day out on practice. And you were running around with a microphone, which was fun. Yeah, it was and we'll fun. do that again today uh, if we can kind of wake sorta. up. <laughs> No, we won't be able to do that today. No, it's close practice. Close practice. Uh, so let me tell you, let's set the table for the uh, day today. We've got um, Dan Quinn. That's at eight twenty. Going to be here at eight twenty. A lot uh, of questions I want to ask Dan Quinn. So many questions. Uh, I've never met the man. Never interviewed him. Really? No, I've never had. Um, so, well, no, you know that makes sense because I've been here since he got here. Yeah, so it's been it's going to be a, a very interesting conversation. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Jerry Jones. Rudy and I had a chance to uh, sit with him uh, yesterday. You probably heard a cut or two, but I'm sure you haven't heard it all. So you're not going to want to miss uh, Jerry talking about uh, his missing guard for sure. His missing guard, uh, Mike McCarthy hot seat. Ring of Honor. All the questions that have been flurried around were asked by uh, Rudy and I. We were we were Dude. we were acting as if we we had uh, on the uh, on our wristband uh, like what would Shefty do? Right. I mean, we we yeah, asked we just, uh, we, the hardball questions. Yeah, we we played the and, hits. And Rudy, before we you guys hear this, I I heard it when I said it, and I'm lucky that no one has brought it up. So I'm going to bring it up. It's kind of like when you know you have a problem. If you bring it up first, nobody's around to make fun of you. Right. Uh, I actually turned to Jerry Jones yesterday and said the word kerfuffle. Why? I don't know why it fell out. I missed it. And as I said it, I felt like I'm never going to live this down. And I think it was just because Jerry was there and everybody was so so focused. I don't know. I don't even remember that. Well, it's a word that it was of his generation. It's a word that I think he would truly get, but I said kerfuffle to uh, Jerry Jones, and he didn't even bat an eye. I'm uh, and you and you, I noticed I know you called him sir, by the way, Mister Jones. You, uh, Mister Jones. Mister Jones. I, I went with the more casual. Jerry. You went with Jerry. That's well, well, Joe, uh, our our guy. Joe said, said Jerry. He said it was good for that. Joe said Jerry. Jerry but I noticed everybody else calls him Mister Jones. Really? Oh yeah. I call him Mr. Jones. Everybody it's last Mr. night Jones. was calling him Mr. Jones and I felt like man, I, I, I did not treat my elders in an appropriate way. My my grandmother would be quite upset with me. Speaking of Mr. Jones, he comes out with us, obviously, to Nobu. Yeah. It's his part. Um he got trapped last night. Oh he did. Poor poor Mr. Jones it was he got he got caught up for about what a good what did you say, hour and a half, two yeah. hours? Yeah, let's, let's kind of set the table for this thing. Um, Nobu is kind of like on the, the on the edge, on the of, literally on the water, and on the across the street is a a, a mountain range. I mean, it's over the range is where Houses LA is on the hills. All oh, this beautiful and home, twenty million dollar homes on the hills, right? And, and because of its location, and I, and I firmly believe this is also there's some active jamming involved. There is little or no cell coverage inside this exclusive restaurant. I have no cell. There's coverage like no there. bars, no access. Right. So I think that's on purpose. Yeah. So and I think that the Nobu types do it for the stars. That and trust me, we yes. walked back and forth to the bathroom, and I was looking for stars, didn't see one. Not one. Um, but um, so it's a very secure environment in that no communication is going out. So it is. It's a, an opportunity for Jerry and Stephen and those types to kind of give some background, some stuff that um, kind of paints the edges of a picture, right? So that the next time when it's in public, the press that are you you hear from the most, the most regular, mm -hmm. uh, have some background to ask very pertinent and very 
incisive, insightful questions. Off if you're the ever, record. Well, no, uh, this is on the record. So, you think so? Uh, no, oh. this is the way it works. So, off the record, you get all these details, these pieces to the puzzle, and so you kind of start forming what's going on. And then the next time you see him in person, in the next press conference, you take all those pieces and you st- and you ask the question of the tidbits he gave you, and he can give you the answer at that point. It gives you the opportunity to ask the right question. That's why they do these things. He's not going to give you the answer. That's a kerfuffle. That's a kerfuffle. It it is a conundrum (laughs) that is also a kerfuffle. Um, So it gives you the opportunity to kind of form the the right questions so Jerry can get the news out. So last night, Rudy looks over and says, look at this. I was annoyed. And there was. I ain't going to lie. Jerry was surrounded. It was a football. It was. But it was mostly writers. It wasn't the it wasn't the TV or the it, radio guys. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna whisper it. But none of those guys are up. They, they they had their deadline. It was the nerds. It was the it was the writer nerds. <laughs> That's who it was. Yeah, I mean, they, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I wish they, I was one of those guys yeah, that too. was privy to me all too, that information. Me too. But they but, surrounded but I, me for hours. And, and, and I say that knowing full well that Clarence would pop me in the face if I he heard him say that. <laughs> but but it, it's the writers that were all in there that really have the ear. And my gosh, it was all night. Yeah, to I've the never point. seen that. Because yeah. normally, like you know, Jerry's working the room with his security guard. He's working the room, walking around, talking to people. But they literally had Jerry in a huddle for like an hour and a half until finally his people came and saved him. And was like, hey, all right, man, we got to get Jerry out of here. <laughs> this is this is it was it was weird. It was weird, and I was like, dude, what what is going on over there? Like, you know, when like it's Nobu You're talking football for. What was but I be- get it? Uh, th- what was the best thing he ate? Um, oh, that dang um, what is it? Was it like steak? Oh, the uh, f- the the seared fillet mignon. Yeah, the seared fillet mignon. Cause he, see, last year I didn't care for it too much because it was almost blue rare last year. I think this year they somebody got the word out to him like, hey, let's just take it up to at least rare. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So last night it was like about rare, and that that was probably the best thing. That shrimp was pretty good. Too. I literally didn't have anything I didn't like. I mean, oh, and, man, and I'm I like not a big, I like all of it, and I, I'm not ashamed to say I'm not a big sushi guy. Never have. No, been. I don't it's eat sushi. I don't eat sushi. It's not the thing for me, and me I don't look down on people that do like it. I get it. I do. It's just, I judge sushi eaters, but because I think they like. I think people that say they really love sushi. I think it's because they think it's cool that you you just answered you just it's put like, it out oh, there well, we're gonna have sushi i love I, sushi I, do you love it or i don't do think you, anybody loves or do it. you think you look cool who who wants that sticky rice anyway yeah, I, it, man, it, it's I, a I, lot I, of it i don't get but right last night well, of course real sushi oh, man where it's just the raw fish on and, top and, of something you just, I don't know if it, you just feel like it's better because you're in Nobu, but it just felt like I've never had tuna like this. Like, it, yeah, this was little, swimming an hour ago. mini ribeye taco is fantastic, but too. The, with the crispy, yeah. like, air, airy. <laughs> yeah. It's a little ribeye. It's like literally like a little so, uh, bigger food. So this is an idea what the way it works is when you're there, they have the heavy hors d'oeuvres. And they're walking, all the the wait, the wait staff is walking around with full mm-hmm. things. And it's like tapas. Everything's on on toothpicks, which actually that's not tapas. That's another term for that. But um, so you just grab things off the plate, right? But to get fed around a, about fifty ravenously hungry media types, right? Eating is a matter of of placement. You have to be in the right spot at the to right get time. the food, and that's why uh, Rudy J is our MVP because what Rudy does is. Uh, he gets to know the wait staff. 
He walks up. To, when you walk Facts. in, the first thing Rudy does is everybody walks by. How you doing? Everything good? Every, I mean, he everybody that walks by to the point that they start getting comfortable with Rudy, and they walk out into this crowd of hoi polloi, a bunch of loud-talking radio and TV types, and they start looking for Rudy. They make sure I get my They come, samples. like, beelining for Rudy. So all you got to do is, like, stay around him, and you get to taste everything first. But you also have to kind of get close to the door because Rudy has a tendency to float away. <laughs> and, you know, we know that the uh, sashimi plate is about to come out, and then Rudy's suddenly talking with somebody. We need Rudy near us. Right. So then we have to position ourselves near the door to make sure we get fed. But uh, as usual, we were first at the door and ate well. Good times. Night, all the way. Great. No, great time. We'll be talking about that throughout the day. Great times. So, as always. Uh, as always. And this is just midweek. Uh, let me set the table again. Dan Quinn will be here at 820. Make sure you are here for the live and long conversation. We're going to hear from uh, Mike McCarthy on a variety of subjects. The uh, first-round draft pick, Mozzie Smith, um, He's different. This guy's legend is growing by the day. Rudy had, took a very fortunate, and I didn't say unfortunate, fortunate picture, which kind of defines this kid. Of, of the picture of his backside? Yes. You took now, a picture of him. I wasn't going to. Everybody was like, I sent it to you no, guys. He did, and it, but it defines who this kid is. Yeah, he's different. Jason and Joe asked Micah about him. Like, hey, was that rookie hazing, the, those underwear y'all made him wear? And Micah was like, No. <laughs> This guy's just different. He wore hot tub shorts out to the practice yeah, field. He wore tub shorts out to the field. Like, dude, you know, you're, that's just barely above tidy whities Like, just barely. Uh, not, I don't know if it is. I mean, just barely. You got an extra quarter inch a leg. Right. <laughs> there ain't a whole lot there. That's not a fortunate look for a, a 330-pound dude. No. That's not a look anyone that. should ever have to see. I don't see. see that. But he's different. He. We've from got some I'm great sound for it. Yeah. Hey, let, let's come back and uh, hear from uh, Jerry and talk about what Jerry had to say yesterday. Uh, there's an interesting uh, conversation that we need to talk about with the word that starts with Z. I can't believe we're still talking about it. I can't this. believe it, but it continues to live on. We call him uh, Dracula or the word that starts with Z. We'll be right back. This is R&R, &R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Cowboys play here. 94-1. San Antonio Sports Star. <laughs> you don't leave the door open that one? The Cowboys are doing it with Zeke, apparently. Uh, you know what? No, you don't have to explain yourself. Greatness. Not at all. Greatness is apparent, Edwin. And that is great production. Great job, Eddie. Uh, I call you Eddie. I've correct? noticed you picked that up over the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, to the point where he, to the point where it takes him a while to respond because he's like, he's not talking to me. He's always going to be easy. Like, that ain't e what my that ain't what my dad named me. Well, he is the Easy E because there's never been a more appropriate nickname. Yeah, than Easy E for him. Um, has anybody ever called you Eddie? Just yeah, really? back in elementary school. Oh, well, it's not See, so to that, him. that that that's not that long ago. That's not. Uh, you know, he doesn't strike <laughs> me as an Eddie though. He doesn't come off as an Eddie, but, man, the thing about what you'll notice about me is I call people, I have nicknames for everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm lazy. It helps me remember you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm terrible. If I give like, you a nickname, terrible. that means I like you. So yeah. I like you, Eddie. That is. <laughs> <laughs> so we like you, Stinky. We like you. <laughs> hey, did you, speaking of nicknames. What's up? Uh, did you, uh, did you hear Trayvon Diggs' nickname for Dak? Female dog? Yeah, something like that. 
We got to talk about that. We're going to, we got to, we got to, and I want to ask Dan Quinn this too, because I want, what, we're going to talk about Zeke, but what is too far when you're talking trash to your teammate? Because there's audio of Trayvon, an exchange between Trayvon and Dak, which I feel like crossed the line. I, I don't, I don't call my friends the B word. For those, like, I don't, I, yeah. I don't do that. If I, if I call you a female dog, just know I'm ready to fight. Edwin, do you know the sound we're talking about? It now obviously needs to be cleaned up. A no, bit. I don't know if we can. Yeah, yeah. This is, this this is, that's a bit much. This is a long ask. We might get right. in there a bit. But there was a, a sequence yesterday in practice, seven on sevens, ones versus ones. Right. Where uh, Trayvon Diggs was in on a on a blitz. He was right next to him. Well, I don't know why they were so close to each other because right. I, I, they were far away. Uh, Diggs. I guess it was a successful defensive play because I don't know exactly what happened in the play. But uh, Trayvon had a couple of choice words for for Dak. What's too far? A BS punk. Yeah. Uh, and and then, shut your yeah. B butt up. And then as he was running away, Dak threw the ball at him, kind of not hard, but kind of hey kind of stuff, and hit him on the backside. And it was unlike I, I've never seen that at Cowboys practice. It's only not at least not. That loud, especially around Dak. And the thing, the reason I want to talk to Dan Quinn about it is because I remember his former team where he was a DC, where he cut his teeth and ended up getting the Atlanta job. The Legion of Boom was a, there were, there were a bunch of guys that talked a lot of crap too. And yeah, anyway. No, I think this is a worthy discussion because this does get down to the mentality of the team. It does get down I, to, the, to the... I think it can be healthy, but I also think it can be toxic. And it feels like... And, it, and it's not just player versus player. It feels more like offense versus defense. because right. Which it should be, but I, I well, mean, each room is divided. Like, the offensive linemen are their own thing. Like, they, they don't like anybody. <laughs> yeah, they well, they're like so smart. They don't want to yeah, they don't, the they don't. They don't want you to bring their IQ level down. Right. They're in there doing math. Right. But, and then you take the, uh, the dichotomy of we know by both statement and by activity that McCarthy is 99% in on this offense and 1% of, hey, what's going on, Dan? You know, mm-hmm. it, there, it, there's just a split that because of the new the new system and the play call, and McCarthy is really focused on the offense, and Dan has the defense with really no questions asked. So you get that separation of there are legitimately, you know, two, two rooms. Right. And uh, – Sometimes that works well. Sometimes the competitive nature inside the building is enough to keep things going when things are bad. Right. But like you were saying, it can end poorly if you don't manage it. It, it, But, again, maybe they have – I would have to see their relationship off the field to know if, like, you know, they they talk to each other like that. Yeah, you don't – you never know. Everybody talk – you know, every group of friends has their own way of talking to each other. So who knows? Maybe they're fine. But I just can't believe that it is – August second. Well, it wasn't going to die until it was dead. You know. Why are we still talking about because they, well, what just happened day before yesterday? What? Oh, Ronald, Ronald Jones, Jones is gone. Oh, and I, I legit remember. I think it was when we that broke. The first thing that crossed my mind was, did Zeke sign in New England? Because he I know he was up having visit. lunch. He went to visit last. Was it last Saturday, Eddie? It was last Saturday he went and visited, visited Bill Belichick, which to me made sense. Bill Belichick loves signing older veterans. And We've seen him do that. LeGarrette Blunt. There's a few running backs he's done that with. Well, over the years, Bill Belichick has become my wife. 
What? He always orders the best thing on the menu. He always orders what I want. And every time Belichick picks up a free agent, I think, what does he know that I don't know? And it always turns out this dude can still, you know, there are four things he used to be able to do. Right. Now he can do two of them. And that's all. And all he ever is asked to do is those two things. And it looks really, really good until he ends up getting signing with another team. And you realize Belichick just put him in a position to be great. You yeah. know? And when I heard that Zeke was having lunch with him, I thought, damn, you know what? Zeke's going to have 13 leaving. touchdowns this year. Yeah, he's going to have 13 touchdowns, probably seven, 800 yards. Yeah. But, you know, when Jerry was asked about it, Jerry said they haven't closed the door at all. Now, when Mike McCarthy was asked, he was like, no, we're not doing that. We're not going backwards. I want to get the young guys reps. I want to see them. We're not going to go off of this path. I want to see the youngsters. So they're not on the same page when it comes to that. Okay. Well, I don't know why Jerry won't just close the door on it. I can't believe we're still talking about Zeke. It has, okay. Uh, it's on, crazy to be. On the running back front, let's be real here. All right. Has... Anybody separated themselves? Have you seen other than Pollard? We haven't seen much, although he is getting reps. He's running with the ones well, in the in on the sevens. Not a lot, but he was yesterday. Well, we well we don't get to this new CBA it, training camp is weird. They're playing two hand touch. They're only in pads so many times. But there's what you, you can always see a separator. We always have, and I'll tell you, Dowdle is the is the is the the star of practice. Well, yeah, Dowdle, yeah, he fell forward six more inches than the other guys. Um, it, it, I haven't seen anybody that tells me that they shouldn't be shopping. I, well, but I, I'm not okay. Fine, shop. Well, but I is, mean, it, well, is it? Is I'm just it going Zeke? to the pawn shop. I, it doesn't, Zeke doesn't cost me as much, and I, I know what, I know what I'm getting. I had to go sell it because I had a light bill due. I'm over it. I don't know. if Look, I, it may be the right thing to do, Rob. I'm just over it. And my thing is, Mike McCarthy doesn't seem like he wants anything to do with it. Well, okay, let, let's look at it from his point of view. Should he want anything to do with no. it? No. Like, y'all let him go for a reason. Well, because he wanted too much freaking money. It was, it was expensive. I don't think, I, I don't, at this point, I don't think he wanted a bunch of money. Well, now he, we know he wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's still unemployed right now. His career may be over. No, I mean, I know he went and visited the Patriots, but, I mean, what are we talking about? Well, Zeke? that's just it. I would have said let him go until Bill called him. And somebody right. called my ex-girlfriend and said she looks pretty again. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What does Bill see that I don't? Nothing. Well, evidently not because he hadn't signed, so maybe exactly. the concern is there. Exactly. I'm like, whatever. But, yeah, Jerry said the door isn't closed at all. Mike McCarthy says, no, I want to see these young guys. So I guess they need to talk about that. Um, they need to have a they need to have a come to Jesus well, uh, about this. How much do you uh do you think McCarthy has in the free agent pickup room? How much do, how much has say a, does he, he have? Has a to voice. Club? He has a voice. I would I'd like to think he right? has a voice. I've always thought yeah, he has think a voice. My coach has a say. Yeah, he has a say. Now, how much percentage? I don't know that part. I don't know, but he has a voice for sure. When you when you have been to South Padre the last couple of times. You've been you've been more than I have. Port A. Well, I, whatever. sorry, whatever. Uh, the beach, our the closest beach. beach. Yeah, there you and go. I, whatever. I, I always say Port A, and I don't know why I went South Padre. That's cool. So when you go to South Padre, though, you're a beach sitter, not like me. I'm a beach sitter. I sit on the beach and I watch the waves. Yeah, I don't get in. I don't. Well, I get in, but I'm not a I'm not a deep sea swimmer. Yeah, no, and, hell no. And when you go to the Port Port A, the water's warm and it certainly ain't deep. It certainly ain't. It's clean. easy to kind of well, certainly ain't. Clean. It ain't pretty. But it, you would if you were. Say seventy-five yards off of the shore, 
it wouldn't be treacherous. You know, it wouldn't be choppy, wavy, right. awful. Right. Yesterday, <laughs> oh, yeah. yesterday, as we're sitting at, we're at Nobu, standing on this beautiful beach, looking out into the water, into the waves that are being brought in by some kind of lunar eclipse or some kind of big moon that's coming up. Uh, there's a flash, and I think, oh, it's a dolphin. It wasn't a dolphin, and I'll tell you what it was next. This is R and R, and you're on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. R and R in the morning on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. That's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. Welcome aboard Dallas Cowboy Training Camp Coverage 2023. Brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, as always. Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds are sitting on our table. And Texas Cheer Liquor got a couple of bottles sitting on our kitchen cabinet. Yeah. Um, Last night we were standing at Nobu and I looked out in the water, Rudy. and, And I know you saw it. We didn't see it together. Right. There was a dude. Out in the surf. I'm talking about four foot, five foot waves. Yeah, far. Far out. Far doing the butterfly. Like just swimming against the tide. Just going. He was working out. Looked like he was like a, he probably was a pro swimmer. I I can't imagine what kind of, what you would want. Is that, was that for like recreation? I would hope that was for for like a goal. Like I'm going to go swim something. That dude's like. Training for the Olympics, like or swimming the English Channel. Yeah, remember when that was a the, thing? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody does that anymore. Swimming against the tide. You know, uh, Jerry Jones sometimes swims against the tide because something's going on. Sometimes he goes and finds a tide to swim against. Sometimes he just needs to go say some stuff. Uh, <laughs> and over the last couple of days, he's run into both of those tides. He sat down with us yesterday, and we addressed several of those stories. Take a listen. We're glad you're here. Welcome on to San Antonio's Sports Star. We'd like to welcome on Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, the host of this big party that we come out to every year. Well, we're going to the favorite folks of this cowboy, uh, all of our great fans in San Antonio. Uh, uh, it's been said for all, for many, many years, and I think it's the same today, we have more fans percentage-wise in San Antonio than we have Cowboy fans in Plano, Texas, which Amen. is a part of the Metroplex. I am so proud of uh, everything that San Antonio is about regarding the Cowboys, and we have huge uh, season ticket holder base from the San Antonio area and, of course, cherish all of our memories of when we've had camps there in the San Antonio area. Now, you big time down there with the Spurs, uh, and I recognize that, but I'm proud of everything the Cowboys are as to San Antonio. Jerry, we appreciate you coming down so much. We tried to grow grass on a parking lot. <laughs> down there at the Alamo Dome. <laughs> we need to get you some better fertilizer. Well, we got enough of it on this show. Yeah. Welcome on again. Jerry Jones sitting with us. And as you sit down today, you know, we as we looked at all the offseason excitement coming in, you've, been, you've gotten a little bit of kerfuffle over the last couple of days. Um, What's up with the Ring of Honor and Jimmy? Well, it's really uh, nothing new. No, it's not. Uh, at all. And uh, candidly, uh, I'm going to go back to when the man who started the Ring of Honor coached me up on how to handle the Ring of Honor. He said, don't have any committees. Don't have any uh, uh, organized input. Uh, you'll get it. You'll get it from all the people that are on the that are in the Ring of Honor, from all the players that played. Uh, you'll get it for about all the coaches. You'll get that. 
but don't have an organized or a timing way to decide when someone's going in the ring of honor. He said, first of all, if you'll do it that way, there will be more mentions and more recognition of what they have been about for the Cowboys before they go in than after they go in. Mm. Now, that's not about anyone. That's just a fact. There's more discussion. There's more discussion about a Hall of Famer uh, in the NFL before they go in and the debate and the discussion of what they did than after they go in. So if you really want to do the best thing for the Ring of Honor and get it the most recognition and make it the most honorable in sports, keep a very narrow group. Don't do it very often and do it in a way that causes it to get a lot of uh, discussion. Hello. That's I mean, where we are. I think, we are the most honorable in sports. I appreciate you've absolutely you've mastered that, Mr. Jones. But now let me ask you this. Now you said there may be some other coaches. Did you want to let San Antonio know which coaches those? Well, may be? I don't. But we've got two other uh, coaches, okay. other than the one that's in it, Tom Landry, right. that have won Super Bowls. Well, I think you might have just stop. Uh, this is uh, I've, I've got one. Well, I'm comfortable with one. Parcells won a Super Bowl, but not with you. No, but I'm just saying. But he won a had, Super Bowl. But we've had two other coaches, at least, if that were the criteria, which isn't necessarily at all the I criteria. That makes sense. But you've got two other Super Bowl winning coaches, uh, as as a thought. Now, you guys again might not have heard me. There are many, many, many things that you think about when you think about who goes in the Ring of Honor for the Cowboys. Tex Ram, for instance, who started it, said, don't make it the best player. Mm. Don't make it the best coach, for that matter. Make it the one who's contributed the most to the franchise, not to the accomplishments or statistics on the field. So uh, there is a difference. And... uh, uh, I don't necessarily adhere to everything Tex Ram told me. Don't get me wrong, but, but you take it. You take uh, but it. But it basically is a uh, a composite of a lot of uh, a lot of discussions, and one of the things sure isn't some type of automatic trigger on timing. Hall of Fame, uh, uh, Hall of Fame, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, position coach head coach there's nothing of that nature I, I love the fact that you've made it to me it's harder to get in the ring of honor than it is a hall of fame no question. but let me ask you this uh, mr jones oh, and then you could tell me if i'm wrong when you talked the other day about zach martin and i and you can let me know i sensed frustration in your voice if i'm wrong off, off that you can let me know are you frustrated and were you caught off guard no not caught off guard at all uh, anytime you have a holdout no. anytime you have a holdout that's mm-hmm. always the one or two hottest topics uh, during camp, number one. Number two, no frustration in any way. There's none. Uh, Zach is exemplary. Zach is an exemplary player. We simply have to allocate the funds. Uh, Zach's been very fortunate in that we draft him very high. So as an interior offensive lineman, he's had the highest pay as rookie that you could put, really, yeah. uh, in his first contracts. His second contract, he's the highest-paid lineman that we, that's probably in the league for many, many years. It's hard to hit it any better than he's hit it. So you can't Hard hit- at all. And so if you simply took the players at any given time and just had a pay raise, 
and then didn't get to deduct from the ones that haven't played as well that have a contract, mm-hmm. then obviously there would not be enough money <laughs> to go around. And more, the most important thing is we have to do is understand, uh, do we have Michael Parsons coming up? Absolutely. Okay. Do you Are you sitting here? Do you uh, See? Uh, just go on and on and on? Right. Lamb coming up? Of course you do. And you say, well, uh, but still, uh, that's all supposed to be taken care of. At the end of the day, as everybody listening knows, the buck stops when there's no money in the account. I'm very aware of that. And we all are aware of it. Right. And so you also don't have that happen to you suddenly. You need to be looking ahead a little bit. Uh, that's what this is. Absolutely. And so uh, uh, as far as Zach's position that he's the best lineman in the league, uh, I agree with it. Uh, whether uh, three or four others might say, well, not quite, but he's one of the very best. And my point is we have an agreement. We're fortunate to have it. His teammates are. We're fortunate to have it. We just don't have the money to make an adjustment, period. And so what's the alternative is for uh, us to just deal with reality of where we are. Well, what's the conversation level like with him? Uh, just generally with uh, Zach Prescott, I mean, uh, Zach Martin, it is nothing but respect. Mm-hmm. It is a, uh, by the way, his his demeanor is total and complete respect. And so uh, that's what it is. It is not, now, do we continually talk every day in every way or what have you? No, not at all. Uh, But uh, I visited with him about this very carefully, and uh, uh, we have, uh, he has uh, at least our understanding of where we are. But the uh, uh, penalties of not playing are not playing. And there's no getting around that. They're enormous. They're enormous. And uh, so uh, uh, you look at that. That's why you have those agreements. And by the way, you can't just replace it with a piece of paper that if either party decides they just don't want to do it a year or two from now, what have you got? Just another piece of paper. Right. So you have to go by that when you sign it, you're going to do it. I, I missed, uh, <laughs> the thing with contracts, you got to abide by right. them. you got to abide by them. things, they get in the way a lot of times. If you don't, it's hard to get another contract because if you don't abide by contracts, you don't have anything. I agree with that. Now, you know this is, you know, big boy football. We play the blame game, and you're the Cowboys. With Coach Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling, we like to say, okay, well, who's next in line if things don't go right? Is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat this coming up season, depending on if he makes it farther than the divisional round or not, or NFC Championship game, Super Bowl? Is that even discussed? No. It's uh, you. There were two questions there. Yes, sir. Is he on the hot seat with me? Mm-hmm. The answer is, or with anybody, if not me, no. Okay. No. Uh, then, consequently, it's not discussed uh, other than what we're talking about, and that is, is he on the hot seat? No, emphatically. And so what we're doing is, uh, we think, a real improvement uh, because we're getting the asset of his experience and his ability to inject some new things. Uh, at the end of the day, it's to uh, really protect Dak and be a more Dak-friendly offense. Well, we're seeing it right now, and we want to thank you, thank uh, you for man, stopping Jones. by. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas thank Cowboys, thank big friend of San Antonio. For, thank you so much for what you've well, done for our city. Thank you guys for what you give us from San Antonio. That was Jerry Jones sitting down with Rudy and I yesterday. It was before 
yeah. the Nobu Gathering. We'll was talk that? about yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. we heard and what we saw last night. This is R&R. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. Oh. I want some matches. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good Morning, good morning. It's R and R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. He's Rudy. I'm Rob. We're sitting uh, probably a little bit too loud here on the Oxford. I can't tell because I have the headphones on. Yeah, I can't. But uh, it's early. Um, Five oh five by my watch. Seven oh five by San Antonio watch. That's whatever. All that matters as you rise and shine. Don't let them brake lights foil your morning. We'll get you where you're going. And a lot to do this hour. There's a brand new ranking of. of the quarterbacks, it's by the athletic, but they publish it. But the uh, the ranking itself was done undercover. It was you know one of those anonymous polls of GM, head coaches, coaches and general managers and those that are in the game. Okay, with no retribution, you could write what you thought honestly about the particular player. This um, way, you get the honest opinion. So they came with the top thirty. Top 30 what, QBs? Top 30 quarterbacks. Okay. And they rank them, but it's more about tiers than it is like one through five. Yeah, I think that's better. But Edwin pointed out to me that uh, their, their top ten is basically uh, Sports Illustrated's top ten. Is that is that right? Well, I mean, I know it's not up Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, yeah. but it, 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 It's it, like a consensus, though. I think the top ten is everybody's top ten. No? Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think so, too. But, you know, it, but when you start looking at what uh, – but the GMs truly say and truly believe, I, you know, um, you, you get the sense that I don't know how else to say it, but duh, right? <laughs> oh, and I'm gonna give uh, Edwin Eddie Eddie um, full credit for this. He looked at the list and he said, "You know what? The only thing, only only problem I have on this list is I would put Mahomes on his own tier." I, I agree. I don't think Mahomes should be, you know, um, standing next to anyone. I think he's proven that. So as you go one to thirty, yeah. obviously Pat Mahomes is number one. Pat, I mean, and he shares the tier. They, it, you know, they're who? not saying one's better than the other. Well, who is he in the tier with? Well, it's uh, it's the usual suspects. It's the uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Yeah, it's Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. And Rodgers, we could quibble. Some of it might be rep. But I would put him there. I would. I'd put him in the top tier. I wouldn't put him in the next tier. You put Justin Herbert in the top tier? Uh, I would by his checkbook. No, um, yeah. I think if you were looking at the quarterback in a vacuum, like let's just line these cats up. And watch him throw, and I'm going to draft, and I'm going to put him in the order of who, what I want. He's on that list, and he would be on the uh, the day one draft list, the first round draft list for me. Not yet, not for me. So you drop him to tier two. Was there anybody? I, and, I, and, I, and as much as I, I, I'm a huge, I just defended Aaron Rodgers a couple of days ago when we were doing the 
the NFL's top 100 when his peers had him at 50, 51. And I was like, look, there's not 50 something. There's not 50 football players better than Aaron Rodgers. But at this point in his career, coming off the year he had last year, even though it was, um, he was hurt. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is still at this age, still in tier one. I don't know if he's, he's, he's in the same tier as Joe Burrow and Patty Mahomes. I well, don't. You are not alone. Trust me in, in this. Um, and remember, this was anonymous. Yeah, so they GM. got to say what they wanted. So I don't know if this is a coach or a player. Or a GM. Or, or a whatever. GM. Okay. Uh, this is one. Father time is undefeated. A voter placed to the 39-year-old Rodgers in the Tier 2 said, Brady always won with his arm and never had to use his feet. Aaron has used his feet for more, than, more in the past, and I think that part of his game has left him. He's accurate, but I don't think he can do it in a 17-game season. He has to have other dimensions to help him take it to that winning level every time, and those legs are fading away. I added the fading away to myself. See, okay, so this is the this is the thing I always wonder about these lists and about these tier rankings and things like that. We just talking about just flat out abilities. Yes, I test flat out abilities not or the team they're on, and not not these are the, the these are because the if it's not accomplishments. Oh yeah, no. yeah. If it's not accomplishments, if it's not like okay, well, what this is what have you done for me lately? Right, because you know, bro gamer one two three says Herbert hasn't done anything. But if you just watch him play, you could you, yeah, you could man. see you could see he's one of the best quarterbacks. So if we're just taking accolades out and we're just saying, hey, you know what, this is a combine. Let me just see what you have. Yes, Justin Herbert is in tier one. Now I want to look at the at the second tier okay. because this is where I think there's guys that are. I don't think any anybody here but one is probably falling to tier three or four. Right, fall. But every one of these guys is either steady, or with with an arrow pointing upward that could leap. And I think first on that list is Jalen Hurts. I mean, he he's at the tier two according to this list. He comes in at number six, and I think most people when they list quarterbacks, he lands right there. Right. I mean, that's um. Would you take out Aaron or Justin and put Jalen in tier one? I probably will next year. Hmm. I probably will next year. I'm and trying. I'm trying, I should I'm trying this to year. think. Yeah, I'm trying to think if Jalen Hurts is tier okay, one. Okay, let me give you the rest of this tier too. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so you got Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott. Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins. Big old middle Wait class. Wait a minute. Big old middle class, baby. That's what we want. We want a, a regression to the Did mean. you say Deshaun Watson? Yeah, Deshaun Watson, he's coming in at a steady 11, which could rise way up or could be about where he is, depending on this team. But this is, again, on the quarterback and what they're seeing. Good Lord. Look, I think Jalen Hurts is better than all of those guys. I do, too. That's but he is at the top. Yeah, he's, he's at, at the, the top, top of tier, tier two. two. And I think he's a, a completion away, a really good decision away from these right. voters going, yeah, he's obviously there. But Oh, man, Matthew Stafford. So this is the thing with Matthew Stafford. Would he, would he, was he in tier two before he got to L.A. and won a Super Bowl with all those stars? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was not, Rob. Well, I think he was. You never. We ne- Stafford had thrown for miles. miles. Yeah, but he's one of those guys, Rob, that we talked about. He's one of those guys that threw for miles because he was always down by 20. <laughs> he was always down he by 20. King, and yeah. he had Megatron. Well, I hope he threw for miles. Well, that's the Pat Riley argument, though. Yeah, you know, you just roll the bowl out. Yeah, right. magic. So uh, I think he was always a, I think he was always a low tier two. Because, you know, the, we knew the dude could sling it. It's just, you know, I don't know if he can win it by himself, but everything else kind of fell in there. I don't think he's any better or worse than Dak is now. 
and that's tier two. But see, man, they made tier two so big. Yeah, it's they, middle class. The, the reason why they, the reason why I can't put any of them, like take any of them out, is because they made it so big. You know what I mean? Like six through twelve, right? They made it six through twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm moving Jalen Hurts and maybe even Lamar up into tier one. If we if we're gonna just go off of just pure talent alone, I may have to put Jalen in tier one and move Aaron or Herbert out because you can't just move guy up and not replace the guy. It's funny how it, it is consistently when we talk the best quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is never in the conversation. He's always the, oh, yeah, and there's Lamar. I, you know, and, and it's messed up because really in all actuality, other than his tight end, he's never had any weapons until this year. Now he has Odell, and I don't know if Odell's on the wrong side of his career, and now Zay Flowers. So we'll see what he does with some some real receivers. But there's accuracy things. Some people will say maybe that I think the reason why Lamar never gets his just due is because a lot of people, you know, you see the thousand yards rushing, and you don't really quantify him as a QB. But when you if you really just sit down and watch him, he does throw a pretty ball. And he's really had no help. Now, what's interesting to me, and this is, I kind of went back to this a little bit earlier on when we were talking about the NFL Top 100, that this list has Trevor Lawrence ranked ahead of Dak. And and I think that's right. Again, we're looking at a guy we're just without looking at a helmet logo. It's just the guy. Just and the yeah, guy. I would do that, too. Yes. I would, yeah, I don't think anybody who looks at Trevor Lawrence and goes, yeah, he doesn't have as many tools as, as Dak. It, Dak, I mean... There's a reason why Dak was a fourth-round pick and Trevor was number one overall. <laughs> right. I mean, th- 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 that's just without saying. But he just I, didn't have the time. He just didn't have think, the time in yet. I, yeah, I don't think there's any slight to Dak. I, I, of this list, I think Deshaun Watson has the best opportunity to. I hope, and when we call this the middle class, uh, I hope he's leasing his house because it's either going to be he won't be able to afford the lease payment or he's it's about time to go put a mansion on the on the hill. It's either going up or down yeah, yeah, for Deshaun. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, Mr. He and Dak will be on this list right in the middle until they Every both time. retire. Until they both are done, we know exactly what we've got. And when you look at what the 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 guys, the voters, uh-huh. say about Dak. Um, what did they say? What, what were some of the takeaways, the key takeaways that may be a little bit different than what we've normally well, said? This is a uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, there's always a knock on guys who don't go deep in the playoffs. This is uh, like I see said. that see now that's not eye test that that's not just pure talent alone that's what have you done so that's what it's like well, that's what this that's weird about these lists but go I mean, ahead. yeah you never know yeah, the premise ahead. of each voter right that can drop back he's great with play action and the boot he has some movement ability in the pocket and we're going to talk about that movement ability in the pocket because right. I think that's going to be doing highlighted a lot of this practice. year we're seeing right. a lot of movement ultimately what keeps him from being a number one mm-hmm. is he turns the ball over for whatever reason. At the worst possible time. Yeah, you know, I sent some of Dak's video yesterday. Dak had, you know, in the mojo moments, it was what Coach Mike McCarthy called him. He had, he looked really good. I think he had four. They did like five possessions within five yards, and he had he threw four touchdowns. And I sent it to a couple of buddies, and they're like, "Yeah, but in a real game, he's throwing it to the wrong team." Here's a player. What do you say? I just felt playing him. He's a solid player. But he has yet to elevate them in a division that was historically weak and has just never got them over the hump for whatever reason. Uh, 
an exec said the body of work maybe is what he is, and he's going to need more around him, even having a dominant defense. Why haven't they been able to go farther? Question mark. See, so they base Dak's they base Dak's ranking off of what he's done. So if we're doing that, if those guys that you know those players that GM those coaches are doing that, then if you're going off with hasn't gotten over the hump, hasn't done anything, then we got to rework the whole list because what has Herbert done? Now we're now we're, if we're going to do Dak that way, we got to do all of them that way. Well, you know, Josh Allen's he made it to an AFC title. I don't game. think we're to that point with Herbert yet. So then he's, you just you just put him in the, the, you're putting him in tier one without with losing a 27 point lead in the first round of the wild card with two Trevor Lawrence. Hell, if that's the case, then let's put Trevor Lawrence. In. Forget Jalen Hurts. Forget Dak Prescott. Put Trevor Lawrence in Herbert Spike, who beat him head to head in the playoffs. There is that. I mean, and Trevor Lawrence is just as talented. He now, now, now. This is what I will say. The thing about the reason why Herbert gets this pass is because he makes throws that nobody else can make. But, but that's what it is. There's there's there's, there's, there's passes that Herbert makes that nobody mm-hmm. else can make with the type of with the type of um, velocity. And 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 strength, arm strength. Yes, he, there are some things. He is a freak. But when I li- read ev- everything they said about Dak, I'm like, okay, y'all are basing this off the fact that he hadn't done anything. So then we got to rework but, the but, list. Okay, we, so, then we definitely got to put Jalen in but tier the, one. But you have to be honest about it. If I'm we're listening. getting on perception, the perception is that, and it's not perception. Dak hasn't. And I think the per- perception with Herbert is there's no blame for what happened to him because he was a young guy. He's young. He was in this situation. He had a goofy coach called a goofy plays, and you're like, that poor son of a, you know, he's yeah. he's he's gonna get murdered. That out coach should have been fired, and, and he did. So I think we give him the benefit of the doubt, where we're past the benefit of the doubt with that. I mean, we. How many years of this is we're gonna this we're gonna be say year eight? Yeah, and, and are we gonna right, say seven. eventually? You know, at at some point we can't continue to say eventually. It's it's either now or never, and I think that that's why that when we talk think, about Dak, you can't get past. He just can't carry him past the hump because my gosh, it's been eight. And years he's now. coming off of his worst year, and uh, and his worst year still led to the best well, offensive is it football. His worst? Yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah, so there's that. How can other I side say? I mean, yeah, you have 15 picks, but you still had a really good season. And you want a playoff game. Now, let's let's take what this list says and think about what we've seen on the field. Tell Far. me, when I ask you, what have you seen in Dak, when all the guys all the guys that are texting me, okay, tell me what you're really seeing. What are you telling everybody that you're seeing from Dak? Mm. Working on throwing, working on being more accurate on the move. I've seen a lot of him moving around in the pocket. I mean, one of the things I think one of his weaknesses is when he is on the move, he kind of throws off his back foot. Some of the technique kind of tends to slip, and that's when we see some of the interceptions. So to me, I feel like he's working on those weaknesses and moving around in the pocket and making sure that because we heard Shoddy say this, you know, when they were at the OTAs, making sure his footwork is in alignment with the routes. So like, hey, this is what we're working on this way. When we're running certain sets and we're doing certain installs, the footwork is there so he can make the proper throws. So I think he's working on moving on the, uh, you know, throwing the ball on the run. And I mean, the, of course, what stands out him being a leader. But yesterday was his best day, by far. He was on point yesterday. But the haters will say, all right, do it in the real game. But all you can do is what you can do. Right now we're in training camp, and I mean, because we highlighted it when he looked when he threw the bad interception. 
But then when he has a good day, then it's like, oh, we'll do it in the regular season. Like, no, we can't have it both ways. He only had one meatball yesterday, really. He had one meatball pass that was a yikes. But yeah. that, you never know what the route was supposed to be. It's right. one of those that, of course, Dak, it wasn't his fault. Of right. course it wasn't. But it was never. It, never. I mean, why would we blame him? He was the only one, the guy that threw it. But uh, I will say that the, the difference from day one and pass to day two was marked. The offense looked a hundred percent better because one, they could get snaps. <laughs> they were jumping. They didn't have pre-snap problems like they were doing the day before. Um, it, it was his best day, and for we sure. did highlight. I think what is going to be key um, is this offense does have a very much a fluid pocket. It, it does, and it, I'll take it one step further with that. With this kind of change, and it's not a huge change, I guess. Um, it appears, just in my eyes, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Will Greer becomes QB2, um, even after Mr. Four wins last year. Cooper Rush? Yeah, if Mr. Four wins, uh, or let's give him all the credit he deserves, but uh, it just looks to me like this is a an offense that's more s- suited for a Will Greer kind of I don't believe in Will Greer. I, well, it's hard. I don't. I don't know. But it just looks to me, uh, watching the ones, twos, and threes yesterday, it looked like Will Greer had a little bit more of a grasp, even though. Cooper still got a he's got a cannon. Cooper Rush has a cannon. Yeah, big him. dude. Big strong dude for sure. And went four and one last season. Can't take that from him. Losing to San Francisco in each of the past two divisional rounds hardly qualifies as an embarrassment, but a two and four career record of the playoffs uh, certainly does enhance the resume. A slight nudge off of decision making and just uh, and adding just a little bit of that passing talent with that great arm would go a long way for right. him. That's what an offensive coach said for him, and I think that's exactly what the yeah, plan see, is. Dak, yeah, so basically they're saying, look, the Dak is really good, but he can't get over the hump. Which, again, then that's that's a lot of those guys in, in Tier 2. A lot of them. I mean, Lamar Jackson's only... I don't think Lamar Jackson's been to an AFC title game. Now, here's where we get to when you start talking, okay, decisions have to be made, mm-hmm. or guys are on the fall. This is Tier 3. Yeah. And, and leading the list in where decisions have to be made is Kyler Murray. Fair. I mean, uh, we don't. Do you have any idea if Kyler can ever be successful in the NFL when fully healthy, when dialed in? Do we have? No. Does anybody? Does anybody no. have any? He idea? can play. He can play. Well, I know he can play, but there's a big difference between that. Doug Flutie could play, but can't. Is success going to follow? Like the playoff success? Can this guy do it? And I have no idea. We're four years into this. I have no idea. I think he can. I think he yeah. could. Yeah. I don't know if he can. No, I think Kyler Murray's going to be fine. But it's, it's, it's going to have to have – he's going to have that come-to-Jesus moment where he takes the game a little bit more seriously. But the thing about it is you had D-Hop, and, you know, you kind of wasted that, and now you're coming off of an ACL. Now you're in a new regime. Now mm-hmm. you're rebuilding. They're You know, they're going to be tanking, and they may even be tanking to draft. Even though they paid you a boatload of money, they may be tanking to draft Caleb Williams. But nonetheless, I think Kyler Murray is going to be fine. Been a winner at every level. I expect him to be a winner in the NFL. As serious well. situation call for serious decisions. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Rudy, I went. I, I went to a whole bunch of different colleges. I went to junior colleges. Yeah, I went yeah. to private schools. I went to big state public schools. Mm-hmm. I've been to tech schools. I've been to military schools. I've been to a <laughs> bunch of schools. And the one thing that I learned very early on, and this has nothing to do with each school, is if you want to make any money, you buy low and you sell high. Fair. You you get something on the low for whatever reason, and you sell whatever it for it more than you paid. That is that is the surest success formula. You never go broke making a little. Okay. Never go broke. So let's look at the bottom rung. 
Let's look at tier four. I want to see if you who you're going to make some money with. Okay. Where the guys that are because this is the guys that are either at the end of the chain and you could do a little day trading, you know, just a little pop, make a dime, mm-hmm. but make a little bit, or you can get a dude that you'll have for the next decade. And let's go down this tier four list. Okay. Brock Purdy. I'll keep going. Don't don't answer yet. Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. And I could throw in Gardner, Minshew, or Baker Mayfield, but I don't want anybody with in it. I'm, I want to go with these dudes. The that this is, And I'm not talking about great success. I'm just talking about the most success in this group because I don't see a Super Bowl in any of these guys. Jordan Love. It's Jordan Love. Is it Jordan Love? He's been, he's been with Matt LaFleur for three years. Now, keep in mind, Matt LaFleur made Ryan Tannehill look good. Matt LaFleur got Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVPs, got Aaron Rodgers to NFC title games. Now Jordan Love is coming to it with his first season where he's going to actually be starting. He's learned behind Aaron. He knows this offense front to back because he's been in three years. He also has Aaron Jones protecting him, running the ball. I think it's Jordan Love by far and away at the top of this four tier that probably after this coming up season, I think he probably moves into tier two. He could pop. I know we haven't seen enough from him, but, but that's what we do here. We got to prognosticate. We got to predict. My prediction is Jordan Love jumps up into around that tier two range because Matt LaFleur has a proven product that he makes QBs better. I'm not calling him Kyle Shanahan just yet, Rob, but he has a proven, again, Ryan Tannehill's best seasons. Came under Matt LaFleur. Okay, do me a favor. I'm going Jordan Love out of that class, and I think he could possibly jump into tier two after next season. I want you to compare a current or former quarterback that is his best scenario and his worst scenario. Like, if Jordan Love lives up to his max potential mm-hmm. and does everything you're just talking about, compare me to compare him to a quarterback, not so much in the same office, but that achieves something, like the same style form that Jordan Love does. Is there anybody that he reminds you of? No, because I haven't seen him enough. I'm just go- I'm basing yeah. his success off of Matt. So you're LaFleur. just saying it's a system, dude. and yes. he's been there long enough to be successful because and, it's and, that and good. he's comfortable in the office because he knows. Okay, in that same system, is there another quarterback that would be more successful in that system? Because Jordan Love is not the guy I'd have picked, and I'm trying to figure out what you see that I don't. Well, what did we see at Brock Purdy? What did we well, see I'm- in any of these guys that that you know that come out of the? That's come out of the woodworks and have some success. Well, I, you know, Brock yeah. Purdy, he's not a – Brock he, Purdy isn't Aaron Rodgers. He threw eight Brock, passes. Brock Purdy has Kyle Shanahan. Matt Schaub had Kyle Shanahan, you know what I mean? And I could go on and on. So that's what I'm basing this off of. But I, I look at it more like Brock Purdy had that defense. He did have that defense, but he also, you know, moved the ball here and there when he had to, made some, you know, made timely throws, had a really good running game, and I think that's what Green Bay has as well. So now Green Bay doesn't have San Francisco's defense. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you about that. And that's going to put a lot. But of they have on a love. really good running game, and they have a really good uh, offensive coordinator slash head coach in Matt Lafleur. You know, the funny thing is, I'd have taken little hands. I'd have taken doll hands. Who, Kenny Pickett? I'd have taken him. For what? Because I think he has the makings of, and remember what I said, not massive success. No, I know what you mean. Just the most success. Well, the thing, the reason why I don't, I'm not mad at the Kenny Pickett pick is because he did get to learn, train on the job. And they I th- threw him in the fire last year, so I, that, that helps. I think he's going to be a serviceable tier two quarterback. For, he's gonna so you, you're going to put Kenny Pickett from four to two? That's what I did with I Jordan Love. I think eventually, 
I think eventually, not now. I think Jordan Love probably get there faster, but I think that Pickett's going to be the starting quarterback, just like Roethlisberger is there for a decade. As long, I think he's going to get there and have you know eleven win seasons most every year. So, well, the thing about it is, you also have a coach that's never been under five hundred. Truth. That's why I've said, don't. I'm not talking about Super Bowl here. I don't see a Super Bowl in any of these guys. And you might be probably not. Might be. I think you're right as far as the highest ceiling is Jordan Love. But if I'm just like, what am I going to buy low and make some money on a good rental property? Right. That's Kenny Pickett. Well, you know, and the fact that they have Purdy in the tier four kind of sums up how I feel about it. Like, dude, and I think Jordan Love could fall into that same category. Like, man, you're just in a great system. You get the sense that uh, you could have plugged any of these quarterbacks into the Kyle Shanahan right. offense and they'd have had a and they're gonna be, of better and, success. I mean, just look at his track record, man. He All he does is produce good quarterbacks. Man, Jerry Jones has been in the thick of it for the last couple of days. From his his uh, uh, Zach Martin not being here, uh, from uh, the Ring of Honor being minus a double J, uh, then uh, what else we got? Mike we have McCarthy. Had, oh, McCarthy and his uh, warm or, or hot seat. And which, San Antonio. And San Antonio, one of his favorite places. Hey, if you want to get stroked and been told how pretty you are, <laughs> hold on tight. Jerry Jones loves him from San Antonio, and you're going to hear it next. This is our R&R, you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We're glad you're here. Welcome on to San Antonio Sports Star. We'd like to welcome on Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, the host of this big party that we come out to every year. Well, we're going to the favorite folks of this cowboy. Uh, all of our great fans in San Antonio, uh, uh, it's been said for all, for many, many years, and I think it's the same today, we have more fans percentage-wise in San Antonio than we have Cowboy fans in Plano, Texas, which Amen. is a part of the Metroplex. I am so proud of uh, everything that San Antonio is about regarding the Cowboys, and we have huge uh, season ticket holder base from the San Antonio area and, of course, cherish all of our memories of when we've had camps there in the San Antonio area. Now, you big time down there with the Spurs, uh, and I recognize that, but I'm proud of everything the Cowboys are as to San Antonio. Jerry, we appreciate you coming down so much. We tried to grow grass on a parking lot. <laughs> down there at the Alamo Dome. <laughs> we need to get you some better fertilizer. Well, we got enough of it on this show. Yeah. Welcome on again. With Jerry Jones sitting with us. And as you sit down today, you know, we as we looked at all the offseason, the excitement coming in, you've, been, you've gotten a little bit of kerfuffle over the last couple of days. Um, What's up with the Ring of Honor and Jimmy? Well, it's really uh, nothing new. No, it's not. uh, At all. And uh, candidly, uh, I'm going to go back to when the man who started the Ring of Honor coached me up on how to handle the Ring of Honor. He said, don't have any committees. Don't have any uh, uh, organized input. Uh, you'll get it. You'll get it from all the people that are on the that are in the Ring of Honor, from all the players that played. Uh, you'll get it from about all the coaches. You'll get that. But don't have an organized or a timing way to decide when someone's going in the Ring of Honor. He said, first of all, if you'll do it that way, there will be more mentions and more recognition of what they have been about for the Cowboys before they go in than after they go in. Mm. Now, that's not about any one. That's just a fact. There's more discussion. Uh, 
There's more discussion about a Hall of Famer uh, in the NFL before they go in and the debate and the discussion of what they did than after they go in. So if you really want to do the best thing for the Ring of Honor and get it the most recognition and make it the most honorable in sports, keep a very narrow group. Don't do it very often. And do it in a way that causes it to get a lot of uh, discussion. Hello. I mean, That's where I think, we are. The most Jer- honorable in sports, I appreciate you've that. Absolutely, you've mastered that, Mr. Jones. But now let me ask you this. Now, you said there may be some other coaches. Did you want to let Sanatone know which coaches those Well, I don't, but we've got two other uh, coaches okay. other than the one that's in it, Tom Landry, right. that have won Super Bowls. Well, I think you might have just stop. Uh, this is a, uh, I've got one. Well, I'm comfortable uh, with Bill one. Parcells won a Super Bowl, but not with you. No, but I'm just saying. But he won a had, Super Bowl. But we've had two other coaches, at least, if that were the criteria, which isn't necessarily at all the I criteria. That makes sense. But you've got two other Super Bowl winning coaches, uh, as as a thought. Now, you guys again might not have heard me. There are many, many, many things that you think about when you think about who goes in the Ring of Honor for the Cowboys. Tex Ram, for instance, who started it, said, don't make it the best player. Mm. Don't make it the best coach, for that matter. Make it the one who's contributed the most to the franchise, not to the accomplishments or statistics on the field. So uh, there is a difference. And... uh, uh, I don't necessarily adhere to everything Tex Ram told me. Don't get me wrong, but, but you take it. You take but it. But it basically is a uh, a composite of a lot of uh, a lot of discussions, and one of the things sure isn't some type of automatic trigger on timing, Hall of Fame, uh, uh, Hall of Fame, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, position coach head coach there's nothing of that nature I, I love the fact that you've made it to me it's harder to get in the ring of honor than it is a hall of fame no but let me ask you this uh, mr jones and then you can tell me if i'm wrong when you talked the other day about zach martin and i and you can let me know i sensed frustration in your voice if i'm wrong off, off that you can let me know are you frustrated and were you caught off guard no not caught off guard at all uh, anytime you have a holdout no. anytime you have a holdout that's mm-hmm. always the one or two hottest topics uh, during camp, number one. Number two, no frustration in any way. There's none. Uh, Zach is exemplary. Zach is an exemplary player. We simply have to allocate the funds. Uh, Zach's been very fortunate in that we drafted him very high. So as an interior offensive lineman, he's had the highest pay as rookie that you could put, really, yeah. uh, in his first contracts. His second contract, he's the highest-paid lineman that we, that's probably in the league for many, many years. It's hard to hit it any better than he's hit it. So you can't Hard get- at all. And so if you simply took the players at any given time and just had a pay raise and then didn't get to deduct from the ones that haven't played as well that have a contract, mm-hmm then obviously there would not be enough money to go around. And more, the most important thing is we have to do is understand, uh, do we have Michael Parsons coming up? Absolutely. Okay. Do you, are you sitting here? Do you uh, uh, just go on and on and on? Right. Lamb coming up? Of course you do. 
And you say, well, uh, but still, uh, that's all supposed to be taken care of. At the end of the day, as everybody listening knows, the buck stops when there's no money in the account. I'm very aware of that. And we all are aware of it. And so you also don't have that happen to you suddenly. You need to be looking ahead a little bit. Uh, That's what this is. Absolutely. And so uh, uh, as far as Zach's position that he's the best lineman in the league, uh, I agree with him. Uh, Whether uh, three or four others might say, well, not quite, but he's one of the very best. And my point is we have an agreement. We're fortunate to have it. His teammates are. We're fortunate to have it. We just don't have the money to make an adjustment, period. And so what's the alternative is for uh, us to just deal with reality of where we are. What's the conversation level like with him? Uh, Just generally with uh, Zach Prescott, I mean, uh, Zach Martin, it is nothing but respect. Mm It is a, uh, by the way, his his demeanor is total and complete respect. And so uh, that's what it is. It is not, now, do we continually talk every day in every way or what have you? No, not at all. Uh, but uh, I visited with him about this very carefully, and uh, uh, we have, uh, he has uh, at least our understanding of where we are. But the uh, uh, penalties of not playing are not playing. And there's no getting they're, around that. They're enormous. Yeah, they're right. enormous. And uh, so uh, you look at that. That's why you have those agreements. And by the way, you can't just replace it with a piece of paper that if either party decides they just don't want to do it a year or two from now, what have you got? Just another piece of paper. Right. So you have to go by that when you sign it, you're going to do it. I, I missed the, uh, <laughs> the thing with contracts, you got to abide by right. them. Damn you got to abide by them. things. They get in the way a lot of times. If you don't, it's hard to get another contract because if you don't abide by contracts, you don't have anything. I agree with that. Now, you know this is, you know, big boy football. We play the Blaine game, and you're the Cowboys. With Coach Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling, we like to say, okay, well, who's next in line if things don't go right? Is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat this coming up season, depending on if he makes it farther than the divisional round or not, or NFC Championship game, Super Bowl? Is that even discussed? No. It's uh, you. There were two questions there. Yes, sir. Is he on the hot seat with me? Mm-hmm. The answer is, or with anybody, if not me, no. Okay. No. Uh, then, consequently, it's not discussed uh, other than what we're talking about, and that is, is he on the hot seat? No, emphatically. And so what we're doing is, uh, we think, a real improvement uh, because we're getting the asset of his experience and his ability to inject some new things. Uh, At the end of the day, it's to uh, really protect Dak and be a more Dak-friendly offense. Well, we're seeing it right now, and we want to thank you uh, for stopping by. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, big friend of San Antonio. Thank you so much for what you've done for our city. Thank you guys for what you give us from San Antonio. Thank you, Jerry Jones, stopping by the ninety-four-one uh, Sports Star tent again. Yesterday, I, um, listening back to it, I know Cowboy fan. I know y'all don't want to hear it. You know, I'm, I, when we were talking with Jerry, you know, Jason and yourself and Joe and RJ, everybody, oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. No, I'm not worried. I'm not. I'd be worried. I'm. I'm. I'm your friend. I'm here to help. And friends tell friends the truth. 
And now, I'm not saying that Zach Martin not going to come back to play. Zach may just end his holdout, come out to play, get tired of paying the $50,000 fine. I'm just listening to what the man said. The man said, I don't have the money. Yeah, we're the not, man said, I yeah. need you to honor your contract. I'm not just going off another piece of paper. If y'all think Jerry Jones is handing Zach Martin a new deal, I got oceanfront property for you in Idaho. Let me tell you it's why not Rudy happen. is so comfortable in this. Because th- this conversation happened yesterday afternoon. Uh, one of the great things about this Nobu experience is the off-the-record nature of the conversations that go on. For right. those of you that have ever done anything called Acts, you know the river rule. What happens there doesn't cross the river, stays there. Right. And that's kind of the attitude we have. Uh, and we're not going to get into what was discussed, but I can tell you this. Um, there was a scrum, a huddle. I, I don't know what you would call it. For damn near two hours. For two hours, as Jerry spoke to the... the, the, the Pretty much the writers. The, the print nerds, the, the pasty guys. <laughs> the guys them. that wear black socks and sandals. Those yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm talking sure. about. The, those guys, it was... And, and Clarence. <laughs> I, I don't want him to hit me later. He, yeah, because he's Clarence coming over come for by. steak He tonight. may come by. It's steak yeah, night. He's coming over. I don't want to have to apologize to him. But uh, it was it was almost... Um, Uncomfortable. How long it it went no, on? There's no almost. Went it on. was uncomfortable. And, and you know Jerry and those types have their own gravity, so they just start attracting more bodies. So not only was it, it, it you know, it wouldn't end. They were right in front of the bar, so it made it even worse. They were in front of the bar. You couldn't even get a drink as it went on for hours, uh, hours. And this is no joke. And the, the the topic of discussion was nonstop, Zach. And and the sense was Jerry laying down the law. You know yeah, I mean? you can't like, go into detail, this, but it was about that. Yeah, the sense was Jerry saying, this is the situation. And well, there see, is no flexibility Steven here. Does that. And, well, that's great. You know what? Well, Steven's going to be on this station today. Mm. Steven's going to be on this station today with the Blitz. Right. So a, a great opportunity to hear from the guy who is uh, going to be the go-between, the uh, peacemaker, the good cop, maybe, in a situation that looks like it's a little bit more set in stone than I gave it credit for. No, that, that, the, again, Zach Martin may come back and play, but it's going to be on the deal he's currently under. Can I tell you how nice it is to hear Jerry talk about San Antonio the way that he does? And he, he, he tells us. I know. but I know it's love. I, yeah. I know he's a salesman. I know yeah. what he is. He knows it's what not he's that. doing. He knows what he's doing. But, he's selling some jerseys. You know, he's just keeping us happy. But the fact that every time I see him, he brings up the the, the number. I would too. Well, when I look at all the money I make from down from where we were, where we're at, I t- I tell us too. Well, that tells me that not only does he say that to other people about me, right? You know what I mean? Like, or 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 I think he t- I think he tells all the girls that. Well, I don't. No, I don't think so because um, I've been around him when he's done that, and I've seen those numbers. It is in fact true that no, Dallas no, Cowboys. I, I'm not saying it's not true. Per capita is larger in San Antonio. But you don't. You don't become a. But I don't believe that we're more a cowboy town than this. right. I'm not. That's what I'm, I'm, saying. I'm not a fool. Yeah, but you I don't become American. If you team. walked down and knocked on fifty doors in the middle of Frisco. Uh, Thirty-five of them dead died in the wool cowboy fan, but right. you're going to run into some out of the, some furners that have come down here, you know, doing something, bringing their own fandom. San Antonio, we don't got those guys. It's San Antonio across the board, and it's Dallas Cowboy fandom. We don't have a lot of the new folks. No, we, but yeah, but you don't become America's team by not telling everybody they're well, pretty. Oh no, I, he tells I, everybody they're pretty. I, I know when I'm getting yeah, not when there's stroked. some breeze on my undercarriage. Yeah, I get stroked. it, but I get the sense that he tells other people that, and he uses us as leverage. You know, like you know, San Antonio down there. 
loves us more than y'all. Right. You know, I, I get the That's sense. That's what he told Plano. We, uh, absolutely. Threw Plano all the way under the bus. So you, you get the sense that we're not only the the uh, the, uh, the example, but we're the leverage. We're the crowbar, too, that he uses to throw things down. And that's to our detriment. That means we don't get crap. I don't mind it. If I'm going to be used by somebody, it'd be Jerry Jones. And, and, and it's one of those things that when we do this, when, when we come from the environs that we come from right. in San Antonio, when you work with an organization that has been remarkably successful, more successful than the Cowboys with the Spurs, and you get – and you find out how the rest of the world works. And it, it, it's funny when we, uh, when we meet people that work in other markets and they're going to know where you're from, San Antonio, like, oh, yeah, Spurs. Yeah, I heard about them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I thought Jerry was going to drop a Wimby line. Yes. But I think that's why he brought up the Spurs because he knew what went on with Wimby. He knows what went on. So now the one thing that may, I think, may be taken out of context and what I asked Jerry about Mike McCarthy, it's not me. Look. I don't. I've been defending Mike. I remember when all the Sean Payton stuff was going on, and the rumors were swirling like, "Hey, Sean Payton's going to replace him." I was like, "How do you get replaced after you win in the division?" I asked Jerry that off of the fact that I know what's on the horizon. If this season does not go well, he's going to be the fall guy, not by me, by the national media, by the fans, because he's next in line. You're not getting rid of Dak, right? You're not. You know. So who else is there to blame? Jerry ain't going to blame himself. Steven ain't going to blame himself. So who's next on the chopping block if this does not go well, especially coming off of the fact that you let Kellen Moore walk? So then it just becomes like, okay, well, we got to point the finger at somebody. We have to play the blame game, and the blame game will be going toward Mike McCarthy. So that wasn't me. Because well, I, I ran into somebody yesterday that worked for the Cowboys, and they're like, hey, man, he threw my head coach on the bus. No, I didn't. I just know how this world works. Well, Mike is going. They're going. If this season does not go well, they're going to blame Coach McCarthy. I know that. Well, Who you else did, you did blame? the chicken or the egg argument? Man. No, I, did, well, I, did I know not. how the world works. You know I why do. the world works that way? Is because I'm going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> no, you know the world. You know it's funny how people Look, keep talking about I gotta this. Get out in front because of it because I keep talking about it. I got to get out in front of it to protect See, my guy. There you go. I got to protect my guy. You're not protecting him. I'm trying. You're keeping the lighter on. You keep flicking the pick. Like <laughs> no, man. I know what's going to happen. They're going to blame my guy. They're not. Nobody's ever. They're gonna only going to blame him if. If what? If they ain't successful. But if they are, well, you know, then they'll be like, oh, well, Dak finally got over the hump. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That he, my guy never going to get his He's never going to get his props. Ever. But that's fine. Again, so, but Jerry said it emphatically, no, he's not on the hot seat. So We are going to hear from that. that undervalued, underrated coach that is Mike McCarthy coming Absolutely. up next. He spoke about his prize player on defense. He spoke about progress. He spoke about camp. And you will hear it next. This is R&R in the morning. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the Cowboys. With a left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, good morning. Let me tell you, an intro song's never been more appropriate. 
It's R&R in the early morning. He's Rudy. I'm Rob. Coming to you live from Oxnard. The tennis courts are busy this morning. Are they? Uh, we got company coming. Yes, we, we got to tidy up the place. The defensive coordinator of your Dallas Cowboys, Dan Quinn, is imminent. Uh, he'll hit the car wash, and we expect him about 820. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Keep yourself planted. Uh, we've still got uh, Jerry coming around the bend as well. Uh, Stephen Jones is going to join uh, the Blitz during the day today. They should be breaking into programming. About 10.30 is the expecta- expectation as Stephen Jones uh, will join the Blitz for his annual. Uh, it be a pleasure to see him after last night. He held court there as well. They're also getting St- Stephon Gilmore today as well. Oh, that's right. Gilmore as well. Who, uh, it's been a great week. I mean, you talk about Jerry, and I know that there's they may get a quarterback tomorrow, but and, don't uh, don't 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 quote me. But they may get some quarterback, and I ain't talking about Cooper Rush. We'll start our weeklies with uh, the coach tomorrow as well. Yeah. So Jerry, Stephen, Deron Bland, that ain't poverty. Dan Quinn, that ain't poverty. Stephon Gilmore, that's what we've got. Solid week for the San Antonio Sports Star. You know, one of the. In every camp, no matter the level, defense is always in front of the offense when camps begin. I mean, you fly to the ball. It's all. It, it depends on what team. Now, it, uh, most it, depends every on what, it depends on what team you're talking about. It's rare that I'm just talking about defense is always easier to, to get things going. It is. Very rarely do you see an offense hit the field on day one of any practice, whether it's peewee to pro, and go, those guys are precise and crisp. I'm trying to think about Ah. And I think that's how the, the on day one that's what it looked like. If you finished twenty five or lower on defense, I'm not going to say you hit and turn. I'm talking camp. about against your own guys on day one of practice. You know, defense just seems to be it's just quicker to go. It just is. It's a I think because defense is so much more instinctual. I mean, so you just you do what you do. Yeah, I feel you. Okay. You know, and you, you just you just it just seems faster. And sometimes the defense can be so much ahead of the offense that it hinders the development of both. You know what I mean? That the defense is so good, they're never can't tested. Get anything done. And the offense can't get anything done. And I've seen that happen, too. But what we saw from week one, or day one to day two in the pads, was day one, pre-snap issues. Uh, he had some backup issues with jumping and losing some snaps. Well, Matt Walesco got cursed out and benched. They got benched. Right. And there were some other things going on, too. Uh, that was addressed, obviously. Uh, McCarthy addressed it during yesterday's press conference, and it was the, the first opportunity we had to uh, sit and, and, and see the coach. Yeah, I was. I sat there. It was, I don't know. It was hot, that press Man, conference. Man, there is something baking. about the Oxnard sun. I couldn't even look up at him. It was so bright. But what I could see as the press conference had just begun was my co-host's hand raised. Asking, I got first of all, I got chastised. You did because I, I didn't know this up because I don't know what he said. To well, me. no, well, okay, did you well, not follow the protocol? Well, of I your, got chastised. Your hierarchy? I got chastised twice. Okay, what was the so first? The time? first one, I spoke out of turn. Like, you're yeah, supposed to, the you're supposed to signal to the guy and tell him, "Hey, I'm I'm ready," and then he comes to you. You didn't. You didn't you, do that. Just, I just you asked. The I'm coach. used to. I'm used to go for yours. Well, also, that's what I'm used to. Like, you just speak. Yeah. So I'm used to that, and then now was recording. Mike McCarthy, but not to post it. I know the rules. I've talked to Joe about it. You can't record video during press conferences. So it was just oh, for yeah. me to be able to listen back. I hate the voice memo. So he comes over to, hey, you can't record. And I was like, dude, I know. I was like, Joe already told me. I was like, I'm not. I was like, you, I was like, go to Rudy J underscore star. You'll see no videos of any press conference on my social. Like, I'm good. I was just for so I can listen back to it. He was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, I got... So I one, hit on the hand twice I, knew the, I knew the first one was the 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 
the uh, pasty face dudes, the nerds, they get a little upset when you when you jump the line. I didn't jump because the line. you know they, they 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 have thoughtful, considered journalist yeah. questions, and all you have is blowhard, hot air radio right. questions. <laughs> right. So, but I think our, my question was the best of the, far of the whole be it press from us. So I want you to judge the question to Coach Mike McCarthy asked by Rudy J of ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. Well, I asked him. It was a cut fourteen. It's Edwin. cut fourteen, Edward. I was asking him, "Hey, don't pledge just yet." I asked him because I don't. When pledge cuts these things, he cuts the questions out, which is fine. But yeah. he's supposed to leave me in it, but he left me out. Oh, I he was left just, you out of this. He one? left me out. This, which is fine. That was so, your claim to that yeah, was it. Like what the hell? No, I asked him. Hey, you know what? Due to the fact that you don't get to hit much and you don't get to be physical and all the different rules you have in training camp, do you have to play guys more in preseason? Just to get ready for week had one. You, had you thought about that question, or had you written it down like this is? No, I thought about that. I've been. I, I was going. Well, I, I, I was curious. Gonna... That, had when you sat down, had you planned on asking the question? No, no. no, I, no, no, I, no I think I get. No. And go ahead and run it. That, you know, that have. Uh oh! What happened, Edwin? Okay. Well, I, I think like anything. I mean, there's so many tools um, that that. You know that have that are supported by research. Uh, so you know we're, we're, we're you know we got we got a couple goals that we're trying to hit through the preseason. You know obviously the the game opportunities and in the ability you know for your roster development is critical because I mean this is this is a very healthy 90-man roster. You know it's going to be very competitive. Uh, so that'll play a big part into you know really working backwards. Um, in, in developing this football team. So, you know, whether the stars are play or not, you know, that's, you know, we'll see how the practices go. That's Mike McCarthy. Um, one of the things I want you to consider with his answer, Rudy, uh, notice there's no, like last year, didn't they have a couple of inter-squad practices with the yeah, Rams? he said that this year they're not doing it. They're not that. doing it. And he, it, what he said was there's a lot of studies and, you know, data to back up there's not the, the number of snaps, and I don't know where he was going with that, but obviously there's something that tells him the optimum number of snaps per day or something is X, and we're achieving that wow. according to the, you know what I mean? Good Which dude, I don't get it. I don't get no, that. No, that, that's, that's analytics. Yeah, that's, that's a not, tap That's dance. not a tap dance. That's these an- the analytics of sports have taken over sports. Yeah, but I know the eye test. You can tell me snaps and this and that. The football teams are not ready on week one like they used to be. They're just not. You can tell me that the data says other things. I know what used to be when training camp no, in Wichita ready. Falls no, 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 was no, no. at 107. ready. And you could practice for three and a half hours. And finally, when you got to play on Saturday, on Sundays in what was an air-conditioned stadium, it felt good, and they were ready to go. Yeah, they were ready to go, but you also had more injuries. You had more injuries in training camp and preseason, I'm not too. saying it was better. Right. I'm just saying those teams were ready to hit. You didn't have missed tackles. You had crisper routes. You had more... They were just more ready to start the season than they are now. And that's just because they're hindered so, by the number of reps and all of that. You know what we sound like when we go against analytics. I, we sound I, like old guys. I sound like an old soccer player. Oh. You, no, you sound like an old man with the rock, in the rocking chair when we say, oh, well, no, it but doesn't, I'm, it's no, my I eye test. It's I'm my a eye test. There is no, it is better to hit and be prepared to start the season than it is to wear big, soft Rob. pillow hats. And and and, 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 and and do what they look, do. Let me tell you something. When they learn to make those things look cool, they're gonna wear them. It's in, it's a they're gonna wear them in games. Impossibility. What do you mean? 
To make them look cool? To make them look cool. You look like kazoo. You look like a slee stack, and there's no getting around it. And even those who have no idea what a slee stack is, look at that. That's what a slee stack looks like. Okay. That's fine. So there's no what way. What is a slee stack? Oh, I've never Land heard of it. the Lost. Yeah. Um, never heard this of is an excellent opportunity for all of our YouTubers uh, to jump in and comment with us. Uh, please tell me that you've heard of what the Land of the Lost and know what a slee stack is. No, I don't. I don't. I've never heard of it. I swear. I've, that's why when you so, said it right you know, now, I, Rudy, just, um, I looked at you like I, like, and I, I want to let everybody know Dan Quinn's on his way. Um, ten minutes. Yeah, he's ten minutes out. Um, over the last 12 hours, actually less than that, mm -hmm. over the last seven hours, six hours. I'm listening. I have never felt more old in two different circumstances. Why? The one that just happened that you haven't seen. You know, there's times I assume we're of the same age. We and are. And then you say, well, no, you, you don't know what a sleep stack. You never watched Land of the Lost. With the, the, yeah, I've never seen And Land then of. last night, on the bus ride home from Nobu, I've never felt older in my life. What happened? Well, I was amongst a much different younger generation. And it was just... Uh, I heard there was a concert on the way home. I there was, was asleep. There was all kinds of stuff. I just felt like I was sitting in the... Uh, I got stuck at the kids' table. And you didn't. And know. they didn't want me there. You they didn't, didn't know any of the music. It wasn't like it was. I, I didn't know any of the music. I, and first of all, I, I'm kind of out of the loop on the new music stuff. As you uh, should be. I yeah. am. Um, my sons are gone, so I don't hear it coming out of the bedroom. Gotcha. Um, a lot of the new music has bad '80s music intros. I didn't know that. There's a there's a hit song with the outfield leading into it. What's the outfield? The Josie's on a vacation far away. I don't know. That, that was song. the beginning of a song that everybody was singing to. Really? <laughs> I, I don't know who it was. And I thought, that song sucked then. Why would you take that out? And there was another couple. There was one with a Billy Joel intro. So they're grabbing old stuff. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, these uh, well, kids, are, they're, not, they're not creative But I at just all. thought it ridiculous, the ones that they chose. The uh, it's like well, they chose the B-sides. Well, this is the thing, Rob. That's why we're out of touch. Because yes. I, I, I say I, we. I get it. I, I say we. I say me. we. I say we because I'm I'm out of touch as well. I don't know a lot of that. So music. I hate that I missed the concert. Well, I hate that you did too because there was not only a concert, there was a floor show. Because um, the kids that were there also acted like I would have at the same age at a place like that oh. with an open bar, beautiful I, sea breezes. Yeah. And time to enjoy. Free and food. And trust free me, drinks. they did. That's As did I. Yeah. As did wrong. I. But you reach an age where uh, self-control becomes a priority in your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot. I'll just leave it at that. I don't blame them. It was. I would have done the same. Uh, one, of the, one of the guys got sick. Just got sick. <laughs> And kept getting sick. He got sick. It's in the air this week. Uh, he got sick. Yeah, I knew there'd be some vomit this week. I just didn't know there'd be this much vomit. <laughs> We've been here three nights, and two nights there's been vomit. Yeah, involved. it's all So good. he got sick, passed out. They cleaned everything up. And here's another rookie mistake, kids. If someone vomits, uh, cologne ain't going to help the situation. Perfume doesn't add or help to disguise right. the smell of that. It just uh, enhances it. It, it. It's an X factor when you. So somebody sprayed a bunch of perfume. So Jason Minix and I are sitting in, seat, in two different rows. And you know, you ride on these big buses. The air conditioner comes out on the vents right next to the window. 
Well, Minix and I, are, our faces are attached to those vents like we're sucking air on a down airline. I mean, we like th- just anything to not smell that yeah. for an hour <laughs> on the way back. I've been to hell, Rudy. This, is, this was recent. I was. Just, and I was, you slept through it all, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I had to get that extra hour. It's a vet move. Uh, vet moves. Get that extra hour, baby. Because you know I what? knew it was going to be a long day. You know what a vet move is? Don't I, forget, we got the Hall of Fame game on 94-1. Absolutely. San Antonio Sports Star tomorrow I, night. I was going to tease that forward that guess what? We're going to be your home for Monday Night Football. You know that, right? We've told everybody that, right? And Saturday. And, Saturday, and, Saturday, and Monday. And Sunday. And Tuesday. And uh, we got everything <laughs> you're going to possibly need uh, for your professional football. We, we've, uh, we've aligned ourselves with a different organization this year. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming our way that we haven't seen before. It's going to be a great football year. Yeah, so when you, you know, the times you caught in between from going from Twin Peaks over to Slackers, tune in to 94.1, can keep up with the game, keep up with your fantasy stats, keep up with your bets on 94.1 San Antonio that, Sports Star. Do you use your Alexa for any of that stuff? No. Do you, like, do you I don't, say, I don't hey, Alexa, about, play a San Antonio Sports Star? I forgot. We, I've heard the commercial that we can do that, but I'm not an Alexa guy. Really? No. I would have one in the bathroom. I'm old school. I, I know they're listening to me. I don't care. Yeah, I, don't. I love the fact that when I I come to Oxnard and I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed and they're trying to get me to rent a boat in the harbor right next to me. I love the fact that they know that. I don't have to look for it. It's just right there. Yeah. You I, I mean, my phone tracks me enough. I don't need another. So I don't need Alexa tracking me, too. I got nothing to hide. My phone was on. As soon as I get in the car, my phone's like, oh, you headed to Alpha Media. I'm like, damn. only thing I'm worried about I is my that. search history, and I can clear that. My search history only, it's sports crap. Yeah, that's what I say. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. My, no, my, no, no, I'm with you. My search history is. You don't have to wink at me. I, that's what I say. I, <laughs> I tell you. You know me. I'm an open book. I'm so, as transparent as they come. If my search that, history really... was dirty, I would tell you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a damn. I don't care what people say about me. But no, my search history is pretty, pretty clean, man. That's the great fear. You, yeah. you click on something and it reflects your entire life on one bad click. Yeah. I, 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 at one point in my life, watched a movie on Netflix that was made in, in like Bollywood just because yeah. somebody recommended it. Well, Netflix just decided from that one viewing experience. That all I really wanted to watch were movies made in the near Asian continent. I mean, it was just, I didn't get the good choices. My algorithm was shot by one bad click. It happens. And, well, the same thing with The that. algorithm is real. All you have to do, if you like, but yesterday y'all were talking about phishing. I have my phone right by you. I get on Facebook, and it's phishing tours. I'm getting all these damn right. I'm like, I wasn't even talking about it. You and Tim were. But this damn microphone, now I'm getting all these different ads for, hey, come fish with us for $10,000 an hour. I'm like, dude, I can't afford you. I love And that. I don't even fish. I love that. I don't know how to fish. I think it's cool. I just don't know how. So I won't be going on any tours. You know, there, there's a joke there. What? Have you ever heard of anybody being described as too dumb to fish? If, you, if that's the I case, there would be fish. a picture of me. I think you can probably fish. No, I, think, I can't. I think that Tim Spence and would, look, would have you a, as an angler in no time. The thing is, you, as getting older, you understand what you're not. I'm not a fisher. And that's, I'm okay with it. I like to go. I'll go with my brother-in-laws, and we hang out, and we have a great time. And I watch them catch fish. And I clap Are you saying that you just don't take, catch fish or you I'm just the, don't want to catch I'm fish? I'm a photographer for the people that catch fish. So you just don't want to do it. It's not like you can't do it. You've just decided you don't want to do it. I don't have the it. patience. The, see, that's me. I'm no, not I'm a patient patience. guy. 
And then they're only fishing off. See, they're not real fishermen. Like, we'll go to Port A and they'll fish off the pier. And every now and then, like, one uh, night. one you, just, night, you know what you just did, Rudy? Right there, you called those guys slot cornerbacks. Right then, whatever. you just stepped into well, the slot cornerback what? world. I've seen them go crazy off the pier. I'm talking about big, big-ass, oh, yeah. bad-ass drums. Sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, they've caught some stuff. Like, there's been, like, two nights where but, they went, gotten hot. But then there's been, like, seven where they only catch seaweed. But pier fishermen will tell you that they're fishing, that it ain't luck. It's luck. Yes, it's luck. It's luck. When you just sit it's there luck. with a hook in the water, I think that is Off nothing. the pier is luck. See, but if you say that, you're calling fishermen a slot cornerback. When you say to fishermen that they're that's just luck, but wait a minute. That's, that is derogatory. You, you know what? Don't judge me on that. Anywhere you catch a fish is luck, isn't it? <laughs> it's all luck. Hey, fisher people, isn't it, it is all at luck? Rudy J underscore star. Yeah, it's all luck. Right, I, I, I'm not gonna wade into it. I just assumed that now. This is what I will some say. kind of the, skill. The part that's not luck is how you do your thing. Because once you once, because the thing about it is, this is how I know I don't know how to fish. Because I'll bring a lot of that. Yeah, I'll bring there. my reel up, and the shrimp's gone. So I know I didn't bait it right. Because like they were able to bite. If they're able to bite my shrimp off and you didn't get hooked, that means I didn't bait it right. Or you are, it's a very crafty fish. I said, because I do live shrimp. When we go, we use live shrimp. They put it in a yellow bucket with the, the aerator. I hate that thing. Bait them. I put it on wrong. I throw it out there, bring it back up, and all the little fish have eaten my shrimp. <laughs> And that's so, when I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I quit and I start drinking. It no. gets frustrating. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It gets, I'm like, you know what? And I'm just wasting y'all shrimp. Yep. I'm going to get on, can I'm going to get on Facebook them? and Twitter and Instagram and drink beer. Y'all have at it. Can I ask the fisherman, how the hell do you keep the shrimp alive on the hook? How do you do that? I don't know. Well, I've seen those guys, <laughs> their, their shrimp are still swimming around. Mine are like flopped over dead. Um, How do you keep it no, alive? I think they die once you hook them. I don't think so. I think there's a way that you can like turn it into like a zombie shrimp. That it's on the hook, but it's still alive. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Fishing is fish. There is an art to baiting. There's an art to casting, and I'm not good at any of it. But I do like going with my people. It's cool. Well, you're not a fisher person. I wonder if Dan. You think Dan Quinn fishes? I, I don't know. I hear tell. Or you think he golfs? I well. Um, do you think? But you know what? NFL coaches really have no lives. They have no lives. I think they get it, it's like a it's very demanding. Well, I think it's like an Alaskan summer. I think they get about thirty days of twenty-four hour See, sunlight. I don't think, McCar- and then they go back in the cave. We're supposed to talk to Mike McCarthy tomorrow. I don't think he got that this year because he took over play calling. I think he's been, you know, what to the wall since he since they let Kellen Moore walk. I don't think yeah. he's had that opportunity. Now Dan may have had that because he has pretty much the same core guys, same system. Now he may have gotten that thirty to sixty days, but. When you're taking over play calling as Mike McCarthy's done, I don't know if he got that time off this year. Uh, I think if Mike McCarthy was they've 20 been doing years a lot younger, of he wouldn't have taken any time off. I, think I don't you know. I guess we'll ask him tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Quinn did approach this season because things were such in good place, and then he just added more talent. Because, you know, the, the season ended in a good place two years in a row, leading the lead in, in turnovers. It's a team that is really predicated on them playing that complimentary off defense that gets them to where they're going. And then you added to that. You added a, a, a defensive lineman that is projected to start. You brought in a, a Pro Bowl cornerback. And by every measure, you're deep at three of the four areas you need to be deep at. Yeah. So you wonder how much or how little sleep was lost coming into the season, knowing full well that 
that side of the ball is his. There ain't nobody looking over your shoulder. You're but just, you know what? And we're going to talk to him right now here in a bit. The thing I'll say, Rob, is I think it was already that way with the, with them. With the defense, I, I think oh, he no, was. I agree. I, I think it's. I don't think it just, I don't think it became that because now he's playing a, doing the play call. And I think it's that way because it's. I mean, it's freaking Dan Quinn. Well, that's you why he's had no still issues. here, right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. You 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 you're not the head coach, you're, but you're half of it, right? You, you got one side of the ball with no questions asked, and the proof has certainly been there. But you did bring up something that I do think is worthy of consideration, as there is this split between O and D. Hey, don't Where coach. we sit. Here we come. Uh, have a seat, Coach. Here we go. I bet, f- have a feeling you can work these as well as I can. <laughs> How's it sound? You sound like good? A, like a DJ. Like a yeah. DJ? Yeah, it's good. Well, you know, if you, there's always a place for you at this in San Antonio if you're looking for, for a gig at any time in the yeah, future right. for, right. as an analyst. <laughs> hey, I say, thanks for setting your alarm. Oh, no, I say uh, talking to a coach about setting his alarm. Yeah. So what's an off day? Joined by Dan Quinn. Hey. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for your Dallas Cowboys. We've been promising you for the last 30 minutes. Sitting down with us. Morning, Coach. We're glad you're here with yeah, us. Yeah, good morning, man. I'm pumped to be on with you guys. And so, excuse my voice a little bit. Oh, extra teaching, you. extra classroom. <coughs> so I apologize for that. How's training camp going? You know, it's been a blast. I was uh, so um, excited. And uh, just prior to getting on the plane, I saw one of the players. And he just grabbed me a smile and a hug. And he's like, man, we get to. And I was like, I like that. It wasn't like, I have to go to training camp. Yes. It was like, Q, we get to. And yes. it was like a smile and a hug um, because they were so excited to to kind of show the work that they put it in. So I love that mindset. Get to versus have to. And I thought that made me smile when I saw him. And uh, so I know this man. Now, right. now, Coach, think back to the beginnings of your career. Was that the same attitude then uh, most of the time? Or is I, it different I th- now? I think it's um, – that's a good question. It's different. Well, training camp's different, of course, too, but um, not everybody had that mindset. Right. I see so many of these players have the get-to right now, but um, it was definitely different. There is there is a real advantage to coming away. I know it's you know, for you guys you know traveling all the way out here, but there's a connection that takes place. Um, there's some things just being away together as a group. You may not be able to, to quantify it and put a number on it, you know, the importance. That, you know, we can't measure that. But I would say this connection that they have, they're in between meetings or at night or being together, mm-hmm. it integrates your team as good as you can. And so when it gets to, you know, late January where they're, you know, in a playoff game and loud as hell and, you know, there's about two minutes left and, you know, it's 13-13 when, when you're connected in that way, not just like, yeah, you know this guy as a teammate, but, like, you got, got love for back. this guy because, like, you've put it in yeah. together, you spent the time. Some of that happens here. We're at training camp. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, Ross. Well, Coach, you've got the lay of the land now. I mean, you've been around this camp a couple, three times, and you're really ensconced here. Um, yep. uh, what is the, the difference with being in, in – with this team and you know you're organized you you knew what you had coming in you added a couple of pieces but this is essentially the team that you've been putting together for the last couple of years what's what's the attack method now i think it's uh you feel where you're not you know back to the bottom of the hill you're you, we're now kind of like at like a base camp mm-hmm. and you go back to that space because so many players have had some experience we know each other well and we've got a lot to prove and right. so we're not starting at ground one and so it's definitely harder for the new player this year than the new player three years ago you know so the micah and osa and chauncey and bose in class and kelvin that class they weren't so far behind 
the veterans because they had only had the off season to put the information in. And uh, I remember Law, you know, yelling at these other guys, "Come on, man! They know this, you know, <laughs> fill in yeah. the blank <laughs> yeah, better yeah, than yeah, we yeah, do." Yeah, you know, right. and so. So what do you do for Mozzie? What do you do for the young guys? You know, when you know you've got that a, a class that's you know a couple of grades ahead, and you're trying to get a guy caught up, what do you do for that? That's a it's a great one because there there has to be some extra time, and you find the little windows to to coach the rookie on the specific things that they'll need to do, and so they may not get everything right away, but this is really important for you to play it at this spot. Then we can keep stacking and adding on to it. Cores and concepts and precise later. Yes, and so once you get the concepts in, then we can you know, work around and feature guys in a different space. But for the rookie, it's also an important time to, for us to, to find out what they can do. You know, not everybody does everything really well, but if we can find the things you're really good at and put you into those roles when you get into the game, that's when it can really take off because they have those specific roles when they get the game. Like, I can do this better than anybody. And, you know, in a way, it's a, you know, in the NBA, a guy who can, you know, shoot behind the arc and he can catch and right. shoot, you know. And so you can deliver somebody who can catch and shoot. I think of like a Ray Allen who's like, catch and shoot and how did you drill him i remember him talking about like in his practice doing like a couple a push-up before a catch and shoot because people he had to push off somebody yeah he had the backpedal i've seen him i've seen that can you imagine that kind of detail that you go into or or you know the the way that Steph Curry moves to right. catch and shoot. I want to say something. Like as, that drill work, is it's 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 awesome. Co- right. This is Coach Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, sitting next to us in uh, blue 11s, giving us basketball references. <laughs> Respect. You, you're yeah. a baller? You, you appreciate the game? Uh, I definitely do. All right. Um, Absolutely. You know, so just you, you know, following through the, do you, do the you play? playoffs. Um, I'm more catch and shoot right now. <laughs> that's that's what I've become. In my life, you know. But uh, I do really respect it. and That's uh, awesome. I think the NBA has done a good job of, you know, developing players, and I'm certainly interested into that to see how they take somebody, you know, and sometimes they may only have one year of college or none and work them up, and how do they go and utilize those players to keep improving? Because to me, development sometimes gets a bad word where it's, it's not just the younger player. Like, we're developing all the guys. Absolutely. Like, Micah's developing. You know, he's getting better. J. Ron Curse has developed. Like, there's always things that they work on to get better at. And so you don't want to think, if you think, hey, I made it, I don't have to work anymore, like, say say goodbye. That's, a, that's it. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I, I don't think media or fans understand how hyper-competitive the players are. You know, when I was out at practice yesterday, you know, you know your side of the ball. There's some barkers. Like, how do y'all toe the line of competitive Versus where it gets late. Okay, that may be a little bit too far. That may be a little bit too harsh. Like, how do you toe that line? But Because you want that competitiveness, yes. but you also don't want it to go too far. Yes, and I think it's a, it's a challenge because we want them to push that all the way right. to the line. Like, toes on the line, <laughs> right. and but not cross it. And so that is learning, I would say, where to compete. Don't compete in the wrong spots. Mm. You know, too much after the play to get you out of whack for the next one. So learning where your spots are, how to do that, I think that's important because if somebody loses a focus for just a moment, whether it's on the receiving end of something or saying something you didn't get the call, then that crossed that line. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of it, they are connected and they are tight. So um, they just want to bring it and and go. And it's kind of in their DNA what they're made of. And that's why these guys are unique, you know. Right. Everybody could do it. They'd do it. So right. they, they got a little extra something, something in them that allowed them to get to this level of a competitor. Because quite honestly, you wouldn't be here in this environment, in this arena, if you didn't have that extra. 
you already had Diggs. Your initial reaction when you found out y'all acquired Gilmore? Yeah, pool party. <laughs> um, pool party time. It was uh, a nice addition, and um, I had heard a lot about the man as well as the ball player. A number of people texted me, Dan, is this a great guy? I remember, you know, Matt Ryan who played with him at Indy or just, you know, like players that texted me, other coaches that texted me to say, hey, man, you really, you got one here. And and I've seen that when he has something to share with a teammate, whether it's on offense or defense, he's so willing to do that. And so when you add uh, the ball player and the man um, of that caliber, um, it it expounds into other you know parts of your defense. You know, I'm always curious about the witchcraft of forming a team and, and getting the guys to fill a role and play that kind of thing. And when you look at your team that was already a team, I mean, you and you add a guy of that weight and gravitas, what's it like implementing a guy like Gilmore onto a team that's already been pretty damn successful? Um, well, I'll tell you a story that happened probably about three weeks ago. I was out um, walking with my wife, and about I must have been about ten minutes had gone by, and she says, where are they? And I said, "Where? where's who? And she said, where are the players in your head? You haven't said anything for like 10 minutes. I'm just sitting there watching you. <laughs> and we were just walking. I said, oh, my bad. <laughs> so I said, well, we're doing good. Yeah, we call that an RPP. Yeah, That's a rich people problem yeah, right there. I was there. like, all right, what would, we, what would that look like if he was over to this side? And how would that go? And so I do enjoy that because um, part of me in this camp is learning some of the new players and what they could do. That's, you know, some of the rookies that we have. We have nine, you know, rookies that are here. Um, including Steph, you know, who's new, but there's a good nucleus. But adding these new guys, that's been a real priority for me coming into camp. You know, what are some of your goals coming in to say, can I really integrate the new guys? Can I really, you know, understand what makes them that, who needs work in what area? And, and that's why sometimes in practice we're now just calling plays to see some guys, you know. Like, I want to see a lot of man-to-man against mm-hmm. the tight end. That's the nice part of training camp, like, I can do that, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and get a. How, how much control do, do you have on that? When, inside the parameters of you know cut sheets and plays and timing and all of that, how much control do you have on? Quite a bit. And so because you do want to find out what you know certain guys have. There's a overall knowledge to have. Is it made. built in that flexibility for you? Yes, and certainly there's other moments that you want to see. You know some of the big guys I want to see in the run stuff. Some of the pass guys I want to see playing man to man because we like playing aggressive and playing onto people and and playing tight into our coverage. So. Let's see what that looks like. So all of us have, we call them work-ons, some things that we're, you know, working on to get better at, coaches and players. But for me, some of my work-ons are I want to find out what unique stuff a guy has and say, let's see more of that or let's see less and try somebody else into that spot. So it's ongoing over the next month that I'll, that I'll find out more and more, some in practice, some in the preseason games. That's how we do it. One of my work-ons is getting you on time. No, so uh, no, I, I, want to, it, I want to appreciate you stopping by. Coach Dan Quinn sitting in Thank with us here on our morning here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We appreciate your time this morning. Good health, great season. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Uh, we appreciate the sport and uh, look forward to seeing everybody when we get back home. Appreciate Thank you, Coach. Appreciate your time. That is head coach Dan Quinn of your Dallas Cowboys. Coach, can we get a real quick picture oh, as we uh, continue? This is live radio and photo going on <laughs> at the same time. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Coach. That's Dan Quinn. That's what you get on San Antonio Sports Star. When we are here, so are you. That's what we heard from the coach, the inculcation. I just said it, Rudy, inculcation of this defense on his young guys. And what I really loved, what I really appreciated about what this was, is he, he, you know, Understanding that there's some guys got to go a little bit further to get where the other guys are, and yeah, getting absolutely. that done ain't an easy thing. And I hadn't considered that. Absolutely, yeah, it's a great conversation. Glad we got to sit down with Coach. We're continuing with that and more. Jerry, hold on tight. This is R and R in the morning, and you're on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. 
R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Cowboy training camp has gone through two, two days of padded practice. They got a today is an interesting day. They're still going to have practice. It won't be in front of fans. It's one of those uh, top secret get out implementation days. Get out, everybody, yeah. get out. So we all have to face the other direction, not peak. And uh, the, the the guys are all walking around. Uh, Dan Quinn just stopped by as they were preparing for their morning workout as they well, work on install. The reason I I asked Dan Quinn about towing the line, talking crap to each other, and making sure he doesn't go too far because there's a video out there of uh, Trayvon Diggs saying some not so pleasant things to Dak Prescott, and uh, he, he told Dak Prescott he called him a female dog, punk ass. No, he called him a female dog. Oh, punk ass B is what? Well, didn't he call well, that? No, no, no. He, he said, say, he shut your female dog butt up. Oh, shut your, I thought he yeah. said punk ass B. No, 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 no. Shut no. your B. So, again, I, I, look, these are pro, these are, the, the this is a, like less than one percenters. It, it, it's different, and I'm sure guys that have played at that level, but like there's nothing to see here that's not a big deal. But, again, I saw this in Seattle. In Seattle, they were saying some crazy so stuff to Russell a, Wilson. What, what this is prior. This is after what, Dan's gone. This yeah. is after Dan was already gone. But I, there's the stories about what the defense would say to Russell Wilson in practice are horrific, and it ended up drawing a wedge in between the team to where Russ isolated himself. He had to call his manager to even speak to him, even if you were his teammate. Like it got bad. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the exchange between Dak and and, and Trayvon. I, I'm I'm almost positive that they're fine. I, me personally, I just don't call grown men. Female dogs. If I call you a female dog, just know that I'm highly, highly upset and we could come to blows. And I can't fight. Like, I can't fight. I'm not a good fighter. I've never been a good fighter. But what I'm saying is if I get to the point where I call you the B word, I'm, 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 I'm pissed off. Like, I don't call grown men a female dog. I'll call you a lot of things. I'll never call you a B word. I, you know, I didn't take And that. I thought that was a little bit much on Trayvon's part. I, I didn't take it as hard as that. I, I I didn't. It didn't. It didn't strike me like, man, that crossed a line. I can. I see think it's crossing the line. I think the word. I understand how you would. I, I'm not saying you were you're right. wrong, but I also have been in enough locker rooms and where enough normal. dudes <laughs> where that wasn't. That was the nicest thing that was said to me. <laughs> you know, no, things were about saying. to get worse. Right. And 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 you thicken your skin and you understand that it, it's not me. It's the it's the competition that we're it we're now competing in everything i mean and that's when you, what you want your team to be doing i want you i want my guys competing at who gets well fastest i want my guys competing at how well they eat their calories i want my guys competing at everything well he said it dan quinn said it he said i want my guys all the way to the yes, line where he the said toes. i want toes on the line but he took it from aspect of I don't want you to get so emotional and caught up to where you do something and you hurt someone in practice. That's where Dan's going. Dan, I, Dan, excuse me, Coach Quinn could care less about what they're saying. He just doesn't want somebody out there making a bad decision. Like, you know, there's, yeah, there's a team. video in practice yesterday. It wasn't Micah's playing hard. 
falls into the lower extremities of Dak Prescott. Could have been bad. It didn't. Nobody ended up getting hurt, but that's what Dan's talking about. Like, yeah, I want to toe the line. I want us to be physical. I want us to get ready to play. But I also want us to be mindful that we're still in the same game. <laughs> we got And we got business to take care of in the regular season. And this team has... Not in the near recent, but in the recent past, there have been some issues in the locker room where some guys haven't gotten along. COVID year was one. I mean, there have been some circumstances where you're like, who's in control in that room? Right. And uh, and it's those kind of situations that you see, first of all, they go, it doesn't mean it is happening, but it means there's a possibility. Okay. When the humidity is high, you go, it might not rain, but it certainly could. And when you see two, you you see two guys go at it like that, and Dak chunking the ball back tells you that it was hot and heated. I appreciate that, but does the competition stop when the whistle blows? The thing is, if you ask them both about, oh, nothing, nah, that, that's my guy, that's my brother, no big deal. But, yeah, again, but something, <laughs> we all. But again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's you, not. You, you don't have that. to like the people you play with. Getting to watch, getting to watch practice up close yesterday. The defense is on edge. They're on edge. They're out there playing hard. The offense is chirping back. You know, Dak said, y'all, we just scored. It was a lot of back and forth. So I like, there's nothing like being able to see a real NFL team practice up that close because you get an idea of, one, how over-talented they are. Watching Micah Parsons come off the ball, I would never want to block that guy ever in a million years. But, two, how hyper-competitive it is once they finally put on the pad. See, we talked with De'Ron Bland about this. Players Association, oh, no, 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 no. No pads, no hitting, no this. These guys can't wait to hit and put on pads, though. So, well, you, it is what it is. Quinn said it first, but I'll tell you what, after a couple of days in pads, you'll probably be a little bit sore. We're going to talk with Dr. Jason Garrett in just a second. We're going to look at the injury list. Brian Marion, uh, Donovan Wilson still dealing with a couple of things, and Joe Burrow's got a calf. We're talking with that injuries with Dr. Jason Garrett, what it's okay. like to chase a running back. Uh, talk about karma. What's that? Jonathan Taylor and his fake back injury. Now, we can discuss how fake that is and on what side. But the moment he does uh, does not practice, backup running back breaks an arm Damn. and is now out for the foreseeable future. I, I, I that's think, karma. I think that's the quickest a running back's been taken off of the trade bot. I think Jonathan Taylor may not be traded after that. Uh, we do have uh, a, a while to wait for Joe Burrow. It looks like he's going to be out for some weeks with that he cap better injury. Not. It, what, the, what, for what? How long have you been around to already have a vet move like this? Who? Joe Burrow. What do you mean? He, he, Joe Burrow is a work workaholic. He's not out there. Oh, let me. Uh, He's let's, not let's, load managing. Uh, no, no, There's me, only one load this. manager. What is the wisest possible move you could do with Joe Burrow? What is the worst thing that could happen to Joe Burrow right now? The worst. You could tear his Achilles. Yeah, right, there we go. While we're waiting for this giant contract, let's talk with Dr. Jason Garrett of Arosti. We're on the tennis courts. I'm sure he's uh, comfortably ensconced there in the clinic. Good morning, Doc. How are you today? I'm good. Actually, I had to answer the phone and step away from a patient here at the CrossFit game. Oh, you're at the CrossFit game. Oh, hey, man, thanks for taking some time. I hope your patient – just put some ice on it. I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) would be the right answer. Hey, real quick, Coach, uh, uh, we had Coach Dan Quinn on just a second ago uh, talking about his defense and, you know, the the aggression involved in pad hitting. When you're working with athletes after a couple of days of pretty heavy contact, tell me what a a follow-up cool-down session would be for a guy that's trying to keep himself well and, uh, and ready for the next practice. What are they doing? You know, it's interesting. If, as long as you didn't get hurt and you're not having any like big aches and pains, one of the best things you can do is low reps, heavy weight weightlifting, so squats, deadlifts, power cleans. It kind of resets your nervous system and gets your body prepared to take those hits again the next day. So that coupled with some 
some uh, cold ice tub, so 35, 36 degree ice tub for two or three minutes, does wonders for helping the recovery. Now, Donovan Wilson, starting safety for the Dallas Cowboys, was carted off. They're saying it's a right calf strain, but if it's a strain, Doc, why is it only four to six weeks? Is it strain another word for something in there is torn? Why would it only be four to six weeks? Because strain to me just sounds like, oh, okay, kind of tweaked it. He'll be back out here in, in a day or two. Four to six weeks is like it's like a broken leg or a high ankle sprain. So it's terminology. Like they just use diff- different words interchangeably. So a pull or a strain can literally right. take six to eight weeks. So you tear, them up, you tear your hamstring, you pull your hamstring, you strain your hamstring. Unless it's – if it's on a super mild side, you're probably looking at four or six weeks. If it's on a little worse side where there might be some partial tearing, but nothing torn, you're looking at six to eight weeks for full recovery. So – I think they're giving themselves a little bit of wiggle room there by saying four to six weeks. If it's a mild strain, you could see him back in two to three weeks. We are joined by Dr. Jason Garrett of Arosti. We're telling you how you can get yourself back in the game. And Trayvon Diggs, I'll tell you, he gets a $100 million deal and very quickly starts missing practice with a bruised toe. Uh, anybody who's dealt with toe injuries knows that it can be just about as debilitating as any other thing below the waist. When you're dealing with that kind of injury and you guy got a guy who really can't plant and cut, how do you keep him in shape and what do you do to get this bruised toe back into the condition it needs to be? <laughs> well, his pain tolerance is a big one. So the toe has a lot, of, a lot of nerve endings, so if it's your big toe and it's bruised badly, yeah, there's really not a whole lot you can do. You could take a Toradol shot if it's important to play in that game, but since it's not yet, then you're going to want him doing as much conditioning as possible. So get him on one of those air bikes where, you know, the harder you go, the more intense it is. So it's really good for sprinters. You don't want him doing long cardio because there's no, there's no benefit whatsoever to a sprinter in the NFL doing long cardio on a bike or a machine. So get him doing high-intensity intervals where he doesn't have to push off on that toe. Keep his fitness up. Keep him lifting weights as long as he's not putting direct pressure where the bruise is. And the bruise is going to heal on its own. If it's a bone bruise, you know, it could take up to six weeks. I doubt it's that long. Uh, so he's probably looking at a week or two, and just he may be a little bit of a prima donna. <laughs> no, never. He is Dr. Jason Garrett of Arasti. He joins us every week telling us how you can get yourself back in the game, get yourself out of pain. Hey, Doc, tell me, so you're at the CrossFit Games. I, it sounds like you're doing just about what these docs are doing here at uh, training camp. You're just trying to keep guys healthy enough and to get them back in the game like we talk about with Arasti. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, so the stuff here they do is, it's, a, it's more like the Hunger Games than the CrossFit Games. So it's basically, it's not normal CrossFit. This is, this is literally pushing the human limits, and by doing so, they break down all the time. And it's our job just to keep them as healthy as possible, to make sure they can go for the next workout. They're doing three to four super high-intensity, super high-weight, super gymnastic workouts every single right. day for like four or five straight days. So it's, it's pretty rough on the body. I can't wait to hear the best injury that comes out of that, if there's such a thing. You know these guys get behind the scenes and go, did you see what happened to that guy? I'm like, what the hell? Doc, Doc Garrett, thanks for stopping by, man. It's always a pleasure. Stay healthy. Appreciate we'll talk you, to you next Doc. Week. All right, thanks, guys. He is Dr. Jason Garrett stopping by for his health call. Remember, Arosti's all around San Antonio there to get you out of pain. Uh, we're coming back. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to hear from the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to hear from Rudy J. Thoughts on this defense, thoughts on this offense. And Coach Mike McCarthy tells us he's got a violent defensive tackle and he's got a Micah Parsons with some new goals. Lots to talk about because we're live from Dallas Cowboy Training Camp brought to you by AA Best Bail Bond. 
month. Southern recipe, small batch pork brines, and our good friends at Texas Cheer Liquor. Hey, we're back talking football with Jerry Jones. This is R and R. You're on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. It's O six hundred. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. You don't believe the other way in transition to the back oh. for the left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R and R in the morning. <laughs> I'm starving. We didn't bring any snacks this morning. I ate a raw bagel like it was a uh, no, no, no cream it cheese. Was, I, I just threw it in a bag and no toast. Gnawed on it like I was a squirrel. Just went at it. That's a little weird. It was, That's but strange. I was hungry. Yeah, I feel you. I need some grease. As uh, we are sitting uh, live, your Dallas Cowboy training camp coverage continues here from Oxnard. I'd like to thank AA Best Bail Bonds, uh, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds for getting us out here and taking care of us. And last night we were taken care of royally. It was the annual press sojourn up to the beautiful Nobu Malibu. Yeah, so. I, I finally saw the PCH. Pacific Coast. So was Pacific it everything Coast Highway? And that it, the thing, this is the thing with me, man. Like, I'm... I guess uh, easily impressed because for me, I know like most people are like, oh my gosh, look at this view, look at the ocean. Me, <laughs> I'm looking at the houses on the, like, because if you ride down, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm looking at the houses yeah. on the hills, you know what I mean? Like the ocean, okay, I've seen the ocean a million times. Now it is soothing and it is a, be- a beautiful view, but those houses, man, I'm thinking like, you know, when we're passing by them, I'm like, okay, that one looks like about five. That one way up there, that one's probably about 20, 30 million. Then there's Pepperdine. It's just like, I'm just like, who are these people and how do they afford these things? Well, first of all, I don't know how anybody escapes a visit to Pepperdine University. I don't care what caliber yeah, like, D1 athlete how come you Pepper, are. Yeah, how come they Pepper, bring you yeah. in. Who says no to that? Why isn't Pepperdine a powerhouse? Pepperdine is built into the mountain that is, I say mountain, big hill that rises up behind Malibu. And the entirety of the campus is on property that is probably worth, I would say, $50 million dollars an acre i i kid yeah. you not yeah, that's crazy. how valuable that property is it is the most glorious view uh over the top of malibu and uh dollar values there are ridiculous and you wonder who right. lives like which movie star lives it's all that tech gate? right i think it's a lot of hollywood to be quite frank yeah, I, I, there was a couple houses I was like, yeah, that's an A-list celebrity. There's got to be someone that lives behind those walls. And not going to lie, as you walk around Nobu, I'm certainly checking out every table to see if there's somebody I recognize. Yeah, I didn't no, see anybody. Every, no, you didn't, but they're all somebody. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, you're not just going to Nobu. I don't even know if you can just get in. I mean, as soon as we're walking up, there's two Rolls Royces. Yeah. I'm like, like soon as like, we're walking in, I'm like, damn, there's a big-ass Rolls Royce right there. And it looks like a damn... I don't know. It's huge. They don't look as big. In person, they're much bigger than they look on television. Land yacht. But I'm easily impressed, though. I'm shallow. I guess that's the word. Uh, last, I like all that superficial luxury crap. You know, Nobu is a, an Asian-influenced, obviously, one of those OG five stars Fantastic that everybody's food. heard of. 
It, 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 it was ridiculous how good the food was last night. I'm always amazed. Yeah, that um, that's the whatever it was. Like I said, filet mignon, steak. How whatever. much raw fish did you eat? I only had two. Two? And I just so I Which ones did you have? The pink one? <laughs> what was which one? No, that? I'm curious. Which one is the, it's the dead fish and then look pink? It was long, well, there were three different flavors of pink. Oh. You had some. <laughs> <laughs> so you could tell, man, I'm a chicken tender type I, of brother. I think but, you probably took the one that looked most appealing. That's yes. probably tuna. So yeah, the probably, tuna. It was the tuna. It was. It was. Because right. I remember that. Okay, it was the tuna. And I just had it just so I could say I had it. I'm not, I don't eat sushi. No, but not, I, I eat it at Nobu every year just I, so I can say I ate sushi at Nobu. I know when it's good. I know what I'm having, but I, you know, it, it was. I know it was good because it melted in my mouth like butter, like that. It was good stuff. You know, one of the things the Jones guys do is they they kind of just open up. It's a host, It is an opportunity for everybody to kind of get to know each other. Right. Um, and in the most casual circumstance you can have when you're dealing with the billionaire family that is the the Joneses. And last night was. A, a different one in our in the times that we've been there. Um, there, there's been news stories. There's been things dominating the news cycle as we were all there. Something we were always talking about. But I've never seen a circumstance where Jerry was in a corner, surrounded by the print nerds. I was annoyed. Uh, but I, I think I it speaks why. to the gravity of the situation. We're gonna play a little bit of Jerry in just a second, and you're gonna hear um, what I think. Dallas Cowboy fan doesn't want to hear. And if you missed any of the first hour, I want you to go to the audio vault, the AA Best Bellwinds audio vault, and listen to what Rudy had to say to Cowboy fan. Because I think it's a, a jarring circumstance when you think these are two good people, two people that I like, and I see, I see trouble, like severe trouble on the horizon. I can't see Zach holding out. Well, I think, I think that's the game back. Jerry's playing. I think Jerry say, is saying the same thing in many different ways because you said it even after the interview yesterday. Like, guys, did you hear? Did you take the sternness for what Jerry had to say? And we're going to hear from him in right. just a second. But I get the sense that there is a – while um, there's smiles and we all love each other on the cover and this is just business and all that, that at least Jerry is – his foot is down and ain't moving. He ain't moving. And what he's telling you is, listen saying, to me. Yeah, he's saying it's not about Zach. It's not. He said this is anybody. I got to pay Micah. He said y'all can look on the horizon. He said we can name players. We can just keep on going down the list. He didn't get into specifics on names as he did a couple of days ago when he said, I got to pay Micah. He didn't do that. But he let us know. Like, And I, I, I fully believe he is not going to give him new money. I don't believe that. Now, again, I, what may Zach end his hold down be like, all right, you know what? It didn't work. Yeah, and he may come back and play. But is he getting more money from Jerry? I can't see it. Mike McCarthy took, took the uh, the podium yesterday for the first uh, post-practice one presser. And it was uh, remarkably newsworthy for two reasons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One was uh, you breaking protocol. <laughs> and, and, and one was you causing, a, 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 as I told uh, Jerry, a kerfuffle, kerfuffle. Uh, by jumping in line in front of those pasty-faced print guys. And uh, two, and this is more importantly, uh, Coach Mike McCarthy talking about his star defensive player number 11 and his day one practice. Impact. I mean, I, I think he had a normal day. He's very impactful. And, and I think, you know, just talking with him a bit, you know, afterwards, he you know, he he said, "I'll be better tomorrow." And I, you know, the offensive side of me said, "Hell, I hope not." But uh, you know, I was glad to hear him put that, you know, 
put that emphasis on on where he is and what he's trying to get done. But yeah, he's it, it was day one for all of us. I mean, they're, 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 the, the the only you know the the department that won yesterday was the video department. You know, that was the best thing to come out of yesterday because it gave us great tape mm. to teach off of. So uh, it's just an illustration of it. it was day one in pads, and we have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. That was after day one. Now, day two, you could tell a little bit of work had been put in as the offense uh, looked uh, markedly, markedly oh, the, better. The offense was balling, but the defense, uh, they're already on the same page. Again, like we just talked with Co- excuse me, defensive coach uh, Dan Quinn, said, yeah, we got nine rookies on that side of the ball. But for the most part, I mean, when you look at that defense, the continuity is there. The core is there, the and the system's been there now for going on well the third three years. So I think they're fine. Now, one of the issues that we've I've found very interesting is the the mathematics involved in in the development of a player and a team in training camp under the current CBA. The number of snaps you're allowed, what you can do and what you can't do, and and what you need to do to get your team ready for the game. And with that in mind, Rudy, uh, you were you had a well, I jumped in line. You had a burning question. I got in trouble. So, because we edited your question out. Yeah. Uh, what was the question that you asked? I just said that you are you feel like you have to play guys more in the preseason because you don't get those padded practices because you don't get that physicality in in training camp anymore. So, you know, again, after I got slapped on the hand for not. Well, you got the, they didn't come immediately. They didn't wrestle you to the ground. You, no. they, they were like, just you know, just a second. Yeah. I mean, they weren't mad at you. They were kind of like, you got to let the pasty face journalist go yeah, first. So you know, Mike is mad at me. The the people that handle the the press conference is mad at me. I'm getting in trouble for not recording. I just you know, it may be just time to send me home. Well, you know, uh, we've heard, I've been told by all those dot com types that live in this state that you got to be a disruptor. You got to you got to get in. You got to shake the so snow globe, baby. So you got to get in good. there and give it Am a I good. Doing good? I, I thought you shook the snow globe, but you shook it around so much so that you got chastised three times. You you not only did you jump in line, you uh, illegally recorded it, and 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 then, and, and then uh, you played it out loud. <laughs> It's only illegal. No, but you're disrupting. It's man. only illegal if I post it to my social. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't they, they post were, it. They were being touched. That's what I told him. I said, hey, man, you go to Rudy J underscore star and check my social media. I ain't recording no press check, conferences. Check my history. Yeah, man. Check my search history. Check my history. You want to check my history? Um, that's a terrible segue. No. Uh, I, I was segueing into a spot, and I was about to dive into it, and I'd like to apologize <laughs> for what I was about to do. Okay, go ahead. Can I reset? Can I rewind it yeah. and talk about uh, Arosti? I'll give you a mulligan. I play a lot of golf. Here's your mulligan. Uh, uh, do I get a mulligan? Can yeah, I redo it? So I, I'm going to set it right there for club length. Club length away. Speaking of Jason and Joe, Rob, you know, these are people that I call my friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I call these people my okay. friends. I kick it with them. We sleep together. I have now, a feeling I know where you're going. And when you're not, this is what you know how a true friend is when they defend you in rooms you're not in okay that's how you know somebody is a friend well jason Minix, who i considered a friend i call my bro sat down with michael parsons everybody knows the story by now if you don't know the story you know you can go and find it at sasportstar.com slash audio vault check ourselves no you tell listen i'll just say it in one brief sentence you wished upon micah parsons two and a half sacks for the season that's what you wished upon because that's he, in print because he big time oh, oh, i'm not there saying a, that you were justified in effect but you did okay wish upon him two and a half sacks for the entire season right okay. so i was i was tasked to go out on the field yesterday with the microphone and get live footage and all this other thing. So 
by the time I didn't know they were whisking Micah in, I wasn't able to come we can, around. We needed to keep y'all separate. Yeah, I wasn't able to come you over here. You keep the Alpha Bulls yeah, apart. I wasn't able to come over here when um, Micah was in the tent. I texted him, somebody said, hey, let me know when Micah's there. He doesn't, you know, he's one of these guys that don't keep his phone up on his up his butt like I do. So he didn't know that I had texted him. So by the time Micah was done, I had already missed it. <laughs> We're not going to break yet. No, we got thirty. We got fifteen more minutes. So what did Jason Minix do behind my back when Micah Parsons comes? A little bit of butt kissing is what it sounds like, Edwin. Man, I, I don't know yet, it, but it will be a dominant performance. Now, more than 13 and a half? More than 13 and a half. All right, well, so certainly more than so two and a half. But I've got to be honest with you, man, and, and I'm not throwing my guy under the bus here, but I but am. House of you Our morning guy, Rudy J. Is Rudy J. around here anywhere? I have he, no he, idea. He hadn't showed up yet. He, he Being a troll that he is. Wrote on Instagram last night, two and a half, and you actually responded to it. Yeah. On, 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 you know, <laughs> you, you, you look for it, and I was wishing Rudy J would have the the balls to come up here and, wow. and be here while I ask this question. But I know wow. you've got to wrap up and get to a meeting. So, what message do you have for our guy, Rudy J? Uh, I have Rudy beat the first week. <laughs> the first the week. First week. Yeah. There you go. Sandy Dimes is going down, huh? Is that what yeah. we're saying? Yeah. That's good, Edwin. <laughs> He's just trolling, See, man. It was fine. It's fine if you want to kiss Micah's butt. But when you say, I thought Rudy would have the balls to show up, there's a text message that shows I was trying to show up. I was like, hey, when Micah gets to the tent, somebody text me. Didn't get the text, Rob. You didn't even text me. You were here. No, I was with oh, you. Oh, you were with me. I was with you. you. With me. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, but sorry. I was I was sent to keep like I said, you might be the match that lit the fire to the defensive <laughs> player of the year. You might be the dude. Am I going am I going to get credit? On day 1 of padded practice that said, "I hope it's just two and a half in the fire that was lit yesterday. We can't have you guys run hey, together. Rudolph Gonzalez says Rudy's the Draymond of sports. <laughs> that's, that's just it. We need to we need to maintain the fantasy that there's a Rudy J lurking out there to call out Micah when he's not playing up to to standard. Nah, he said two and a half the first week. But shout out to Micah for playing along. He could have been, you know, he could have been a butt about it. He was really cool about it. So I appreciate that. And we heard the word. We've heard it from him and Micah, and we heard it from McCarthy. Impact. When the dude is on the field, it is impact. Yeah. Just it's nonstop and against doesn't matter. It's impact. He, you talked about it earlier. It was a scary minute, a scary moment. But. He was right underneath Dak because yeah. the impact, they couldn't keep him away. Well, well, just remember how he got here, okay? Sertain and Horn get taken, so the Cowboys take best available, who at that time is Micah Parsons, right? So they bring in Micah Parsons, then he's at linebacker. Demarcus Lawrence gets hurt, and they say, Micah, um, have you ever played defensive end? He's like, no, uh, but y'all want me to give it a shot. I'll do it, you know, for the betterment of the team. And then he excels yeah, to, to one of the best uh, top three defensive end in the league. Like, the the path that he's been on, the journey from not he, – he's not even supposed to be a Cowboy. The Cowboys were going to take Horn or Sertain. Then he's a Cowboy. Then DeMarcus is like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And he told the Blitz, like, yeah, I was beefed up, but I just leaned out. When you look at him, when I was standing next to him the day he big-timed me, I was like, he looks leaner than ever. 
But he, but I think he's stronger. You know, one of the things I love watching about those defensive ends and edges is the prep work prior to the seven-on-seven, seven, the hand-to-hand combat that these guys go through, whether you're an edge or a tackle. That's nothing compared to the professional fighter league that's coming to San Antonio right now. You want to see hand-to-hand combat that truly matters. This is an elimination tournament. Well, it's coming to San Antonio, and it's going to be at our Techport Center. It is going to be that step that where the next greats come from, they come from the this tournament and if you want to go see the pfl we got your four tickets right now 656-3776 espn make that dial dial that number right now and if you're caller number three be quick on that dial you're going to go see the pfl with a couple of fun friends and fam out at the beautiful tech port there is no better arena in san antonio to go see an event like that it's at the tech port we got the tickets what a match dial 656-3776 and you too will be watching the PFL. PFL coming up at the Tech Port coming up this weekend. Mm. We uh, what's up? We had uh, Dan Quinn uh, come by earlier this morning. Yeah, yeah, I think some people missed it. I I have a feeling that even if you heard it, you didn't hear it. He some, was way not, I th- considering the way his defense is played. He was way nicer than I thought. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, you know how sometimes you have a perceived way you think people are going to well, be. I think we were the beneficiary of a guy that's. You know, is losing his voice already. True. And he, when he sat down, it was, so I think he was kind of trying to whisper talk, whisper scream. You know how coaches have yeah. to learn how to do that. Well, so he sounded more reserved than I think he is. But I, it, well, you're going to hear for yourself when we come back from break. It's a guy who you can tell is overseeing this wonderfully talented team and has the ability to play. Uh, you're going to hear from how he talked about when Gilmore arrived, all he could do is throw a pool party party and look into space and say, I've got these 11 really good ball players, and what can I do if I move this guy here and this guy there? What can I do? It's that kind of thing that that when you think Dan Quinn, you wonder, does he believe that the player makes the system or that the system makes the player? Mm -hmm. I think he believes the player makes the system, that he goes and gets players and fits that system up. Now, I think he's got a unique I think system. I think out loud, yes. I think deep down. But like, every hey, coach I, believes, yeah, if like, you do what I tell me. you to do with right. your things, <laughs> right. you will be a superstar. Keep, let's keep it real. Well, you guys decide for yourself. We're going to come back with head coach Dan Quinn, and then we're going to follow it up with his boss, Jerry Jones. Is that his boss? Uh, well, <laughs> well, yes, of course. Depending on I'm how many kidding. wins and losses I thought are. it was Mike. I thought <laughs> Mike McCarthy I, I, was You know, boss. the ultimate, the, the decider okay. would be upper echelon. Hey, you're, Chain of command. That's what it is. We've all been in the military. We know what the uh, rank has its privilege. Right. And we'll hear from the uh, the four-star general as well. This is R&R in the morning. We'll be right back from the tennis courts. Dallas Cowboys uh, training camp coverage continues. Brought to you by AA Best Bell Bonds, Texas Cheer Liquor, and, of course, our good friends over at Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Uh, Dan Quinn next. Dallas Cowboys, we've been promising you for the last 30 minutes. Sitting down with us. Morning, Coach. We're glad you're here with yeah, us. Yeah, good morning, man. I'm pumped to be on with you guys. And so, excuse my voice a little bit. Oh, extra teaching, you. extra classroom. <laughs> so I apologize for that. How's training camp going? You know what? It's been a blast. I was uh, so um, excited. And uh, just prior to getting on the plane, I saw one of the players. And he just grabbed me a smile and a hug. And he's like, man, we get to. And I was like, I like that. It wasn't like, I have to go to training camp. Yes. It was like, Q, we get to. And yes. it was like a smile and a hug um, because they were so excited to 
to kind of show the work that they put it in. So I love that mindset. Get to versus have to, and I thought that made me smile when I saw him and. Uh, I know this man. Now, now, Coach, think back to the beginnings of your career. Was that the same attitude then, uh, most of the time, or is I, it different I th- now? I think it's um, – that's a good question. It's different. Well, training camp's different, of course, too, but um, not everybody had that mindset. Right. That I see so many of these players have to get to right now, but um, it was definitely different. There is there is a real advantage to coming away. I know it's you know, for you guys you know traveling all the way out here, but there's a connection that takes place. Um, there's some things just being – a way together as a group you may not be able to to quantify it and put a number on it you know the importance that you know we can't measure that but i would say this connection that they have they're in between meetings or at night or being together mm-hmm. it integrates your team as good as you can and so when it gets to you know late january where they're you know in a playoff game and loud as hell and you know there's about two minutes left and you know it's 13, 13, when, when you're connected in that way, not just like, yeah, you know this guy is a teammate, but, like, you got, got love for back. this guy because, like, you've put it in yeah. together, you spent the time. Some of that happens here. We're at training camp. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. Well, Coach, you've got the lay of the land now. I mean, you've been around this camp a couple, three times, and you're really ensconced here. Um, yep. uh, what is the, the difference with being in – with this team and you know you're organized you you knew what you had coming in you added a couple of pieces but this is essentially the team that you've been putting together for the last couple of years what's what's the attack method now i think it's uh you feel where you're not you know back to the bottom of the hill you're you, we're now kind of like at like a base camp mm-hmm. and you go back to that space because so many players have had some experience we know each other well and we've got a lot to prove and right. so we're not starting at ground one and so it's definitely harder for the new player this year than the new player three years ago you know so the micah and osa and chauncey and bose in class and kelvin that class they weren't so far behind the veterans because they had only had the off season to put the information in and uh i remember law you know yelling at these other guys come on man they know this you know fill <laughs> yeah. in the blank yeah, yeah, better yeah, than yeah, we yeah, do yeah, you yeah. know right. and so so what do you do that for Mozzie? What do you do for the young the guys? Case, you know, when you know you've got that uh, a class that's you know a couple of grades ahead, and you're trying to get a guy caught up, what do you do for that? That's a it's a great one because there there has to be some extra time, and you find the little windows to to coach the rookie on the specific things that they'll need to do, and so they may not get everything right away, but this is really important for you to play it at this spot. Then we can keep stacking and adding on to it. Cores and concepts and precise later. Yes, and so once we get the concepts in, then we can. You know, work around and feature guys in a different space. But for the rookie, it's also an important time to, for us to to find out what they can do. You know, not everybody does everything really well. But if we can find the things you're really good at and put you into those roles when you get into the game, that's when it can really take off because they have those specific roles when they get the game. Like I can do this better than anybody. And you know, in a way, it's a you know, in the NBA, a guy who can you know shoot behind the arc and he can catch right. and shoot. You know, and so you can deliver somebody who can catch and shoot. I think of like a Ray Allen who's like catch and shoot and how did you drill him i remember him talking about like in his practice doing like a couple a push-up before a catch and shoot because people he had to push off somebody yeah he had the imagine, back i've seen him i've the, seen that can clip. you imagine that kind of detail that you go into or or you know the, the way that steph curry moves to right catch and shoot i want to say something and, as, like, as, that drill work is it's 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 awesome co- right. this is coach dan quinn defensive coordinator with the cowboys sitting next to us in uh blue 11s 
giving us basketball references. <laughs> Respect. You, you, you're a baller. You, you appreciate the game. Uh, I definitely do. All right. Uh, Absolutely. You know, so just you know, following through the do you, do you play playoffs? Um, I'm more catch and shoot. Right. Now. That's, <laughs> that's what I've become in my life. You know, but uh, I do really respect it. And that's uh, awesome. I think the NBA has done a good job of, you know, developing players, and I'm certainly interested into that to see how they take somebody. You know. And sometimes they may only have one year of college or none and work them up. And how do they go and utilize those players to keep improving? Because to me, development sometimes gets a bad word where it's, it's not just the younger player. Like, we're developing all the guys. Absolutely. Like, Micah's developing. You know, he's getting better. J. Ron Curse is developed. Like, there's always things that they work on to get better at. And so you don't want to think, if you think, hey, I made it, I don't have to work anymore, like, Say, say goodbye. That's, a, that's it. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I, I don't think media or fans understand how hyper-competitive the players are. You know, when I was out at practice yesterday, you know, you know your side of the ball. There's some barkers. Like, how do y'all toe the line of competitive versus where it gets late? Okay, that may be a little bit too far. That may be a little bit too harsh. Like, how do you toe that line? But Because you want that competitiveness, yes. but you also don't want it to go too far. Yes, and I think it's um, – it's a challenge because we want them to push that all the way right. to the line, like toes on the line, <laughs> right. and but not cross it. And so that is learning, I would say, where to compete. Don't compete in the wrong spots. Mm. You know, too much after the play to get you out of whack for the next one. So learning where your spots are, how to do that, I think that's important because if somebody loses a focus for just a moment, whether it's on the receiving end of something or saying something you didn't get the call, then that crossed that line. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of it, they are connected and they are tight. So um, they just want to bring it and, and go. And it's kind of in their DNA, what they're made of. And that's why these guys are unique. You know, if right. everybody could do it, they'd do it. So right. they, they, they got a little extra something, something in them that allowed them to get to this level of a competitor. Because quite honestly, you wouldn't be here in this environment, in this arena, if you didn't have that extra. You already had digs. Your initial reaction when you found out y'all acquired Gilmore? Yeah, pool party. <laughs> um, pool party time. It was yeah. uh, a nice addition, and um, I had heard a lot about the man as well as the ball player. Yes. A number of people texted me, Dan, is this a great guy? I remember you know, Matt Ryan who played with him in Indy, or just you know, like players that texted me, other coaches that texted me to say, hey, man, you really you got one here. And, and I've seen that when he has something to share with a teammate, whether it's on offense or defense, he's so willing to do that. And so when you add uh, the ball player and the man um, of that caliber, um, it it expounds into other you know parts of your defense. You know, I'm always curious about the witchcraft of forming a team and, and getting the guys to fill a role and play that kind of thing. And when you look at your team that was already a team, I mean, you and you add a guy of that weight and gravitas, what's it like implementing a guy like Gilmore onto a team that's already been pretty damn successful? Um, well, I'll tell you a story that happened probably about three weeks ago. I was out um, walking with my wife, and about I must have been about ten minutes had gone by, and she says, where are they? And I said, "Where? where's who? And she said, where are the players in your head? You haven't said anything for like 10 minutes. I'm just sitting there watching you. <laughs> and we were just walking. I said, oh, my bad. <laughs> so I said, well, we're doing good. You know, we call that an RPP. Yeah, That's a rich people problem right there. I was there. like, all right, what would, we, what would that look like if he was over to this side? And how would that go? And so I do enjoy that because um, part of me in this camp is learning some of the new players and what they could do. That's, you know, some of the rookies that we have. We have nine, you know, rookies that are here. 
um, including Steph, you know, who's new. But there's a good nucleus. But adding these new guys, that's been a real priority for me coming into camp. You know, what are some of your goals coming in to say, can I really integrate the new guys? Can I really, you know, understand what makes them that and who needs work in what area? And, and that's why sometimes in practice we're now just calling plays to see some guys. You know, like I want to see a lot of man-to-man against mm-hmm. the tight end. That's the nice part of training camp. Like, I can do that, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and get a. How, how much control do, do you have on that? When, inside the parameters of you know cut sheets and plays and timing and all of that, how much control do you have on? Quite a bit. And so because you do want to find out what you know certain guys have. There's a overall knowledge to have. Is it built in that flexibility for you? Yes, and certainly there's other moments that you want to see. You know, some of the big guys I want to see in the run stuff. Some of the pass guys I want to see playing man to man because we like playing aggressive and playing onto people and and playing tight into our coverage. So. Let's see what that looks like. So all of us have, we call them work-ons, some things that we're, you know, working on to get better at, coaches and players. But for me, some of my work-ons are I want to find out what unique stuff a guy has and say, let's see more of that or let's see less or try somebody else into that spot. So it's ongoing over the next month that I'll, that I'll find out more and more, some in practice, some in the preseason games. That's how we do it. One of my work-ons is getting you on time. So uh, I want to appreciate you stopping by. Coach Dale Quinn sitting in with us here R&R in the morning here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We appreciate your time this morning. Good health, great season. Uh, We look forward to talking to you again. We appreciate the sport and uh, look forward to seeing everybody when we get back home. Dan Quinn, your Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. Uh, Energetic, to say the least, as he – passed through the uh, friendly confines of the 94-1 star media tent. Kind of voiceless. Yeah. I mean, a lot of yelling and a lot of screaming, obviously, is training camp. You kind of get guys get going, but a lot more pleasant than I thought. And a, a sneakerhead, clearly. Rob checking out the man's Jordan. I looked down. The man had 11s on. Like, <laughs> first of all, why are you running on grass with those 11s? First of all. That's, a, that's a crime. He wears them. Well, no, I respect. You know, the funny thing is, of the 11s are my favorite shoe, but they are the most uncomfortable yeah, shoes uncomfortable. ever put out. They look great. They're they look good though. They're like putting on hooves. Yeah, I hate them. They're, and they're too narrow. You have to have too a, narrow. You have to have I a good a, foot. I got a wide, yeah. flat foot, so they don't work for me. But when your defensive coordinator is giving you basketball references, I I much respect well, see, given. I, I I think he forgot. We're from San Antonio. When you talk about Ray Allen, yeah, up off the floor, I didn't want to go the there. Like we don't bring I his name want, up. We didn't have enough time. If like let's say we were doing like a thirty-minute interview, I'd be like, hey, you do know that's a you know Ray Allen sore spot blessed coach. us with adversity, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that caused us to no, react like, hey, in a rather violent way. We don't talk about Ray Allen in these parts. You know I, what I was struck by with with Quinn is this is a dude that's living pretty good right now. Yeah, you know, you know. What, what's the what's the prince that's in waiting? Prince, it's it's is it's uh, who's the one that's actually going to? Charles got now he's king, right? His oldest son, the one he's that guy. You you can't do anything wrong. You just just got to be you and let other things play out. And you're no matter what happens, you're going to be fine. And you're the most popular. It's almost like being the backup QB because you know Dan Quinn knows next year if he wants to be a head coach, he will be a head coach. He could have been. To be. I thought. Yeah. I thought Denver wanted them yes. before they got Sean Payton. And I think it's the ability to just take over the defense with all the skill and all of that that has allowed him this like peace of mind to go focus on some of those things. We're going to look at what he had to say. Look forward to a full day of practice. And remember, Stephen Jones is going to be live on these airways in uh, less than uh, about three hours. So yeah. you're not going to want to go anywhere. Oh, no, by the way, Stephon Gilmer is going to step on by too, right? That's sometime this afternoon. That'll be here today. That's what we do because we cover yeah. the Dallas Cowboys like none other. 
Schroeder in Central and South Texas. We're about done with today's show, but man, this day is just beginning. Um, we've had Quinn. Yep, yep. We've had Jerry yesterday. Uh, we will have Stephen Jones uh, in this seat right beside me. Uh, Jason and Joe, going about 1030 live. is the expectation. So you do not want to miss this because the, there's, there's something in the wind. I could feel it last night. Jerry was taking it from all sides and giving his side. This Zach Martin thing is about to either disappear because Zach's going to get tired of eating the 50K. Yeah. Or we're not going to see him for a while. I don't get the sense that the Cowboys are ready to buckle or could buckle or could move. There is no could. They're not. Right. They're not. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I ain't going to call Jerry Jones a liar. Man, nice enough to sit down with us. I'm not going to call the man a liar. Jerry says, I just don't have it. It's not It's not personal. It's not anything to do with Zach. I just don't have it. And your rookie, taken care of. When it was time to pay you, made you the highest paid guard in the league, gave you $40 million guaranteed, 84 over the t- over the duration of the contract. He's not going to do it. You know, you. I mean, well, I know for sure RJ and Jason kind of feel like they're going to get it done. Joe, Joe feels like getting it done. I don't. Now, again, he may come back to camp on his own free will, or maybe they rework it and give him some money for it. I don't know, but I can't see him getting more money against the cap when they still have to pay CD and Dak. Excuse me, Dak and Micah. Dak. So, and Micah and, and CD and, CD and, and Tyler Biotish and Terrence Steele. And there's a race with a couple of these guys because when you're talking CD Lamb, the dollar values for wide receivers are like slot machine wheels. If you don't get in there quick, that's, that zero is going to be a nine. Then it's going to be another zero with another digit turn. I mean, the money is just skyrocketing. you got to get in there quick if they, if they wait too long on CD. And we know that Dak's going to get paid Do sooner we? than later. Are we sure? Well, I'm pretty comfortable sure? with the fact. Man. After everything else, uh, all that we've been hearing, this offense is as much a part of what Dak is as is what McCarthy wants it to be. Would you bet a mortgage payment? Uh, how long? How many years? If you're going to ask me three years, Dak will be the quarterback for the Cowboys for the next, for the oh, next okay. three years. Uh, if you're going to ask me anything over that, I don't know. All right. Well, get it done. Because, again, you just add to the speculation, you add to the drama, you add to the possible controversy if you don't get it done this year because you're leaving yourself an out for next season. So get it done to keep yourself from all the drama. The other thing that I took away from Jerry's interview yesterday that we really haven't talked about is his response to the Jimmy in the Ring of Honor because it was a masterful tap dance. But but one of the things that he wanted to make sure that we knew. Yeah, he tap danced. Was, he didn't really answer it. Well, he wanted to make sure that he knew, like, you know, Tex Schramm told me, no committees, don't ask anybody, this is your decision, and it's not even about the best player. No. So you don't have to ever justify the fact and quantify something, well, he's the best, he has to go in. It has to be this cowboyness. That makes it, now, he's the decider. This is what's going to drive a Cowboy fan crazy. Now, the he, he left this door open, but he did actually mention by name on our show, Bill Parcells. Because when I asked, I asked him, hey, you said there was a couple coaches that may get in that, you know, before Jimmy. Now, the other coach besides Bill Parcells is he's just talking about Barry Switzer. Now, you want to piss Cowboy fan off. Yes. Put Parcells and Switzer in before Jimmy. That, I think that right there would, that would be like, that's needling. It would be that's needling not only the fan base, but it's also needling Jimmy. Well, I think what what 
Like what? What Jerry has done over the last 36 hours was poke Jimmy in the eye. It just poked him. Like, you know what? Not only are you not in, I'm thinking about other coaches. If he was to put Switzer in, it would go from a poke in the eye to a kick in the nuts. Like, you know I've what? Never you been, think that was bad? I've never been mad at somebody for 30 years. You know, I, I, you, you know, the funny thing is I think you defined it in a, in a way that I don't think a lot of us can understand. Is guys like Jerry Jones always get their way. Either they, you, Either it's given to you. It's taken by him or it's bought by him, but they get their way. Right. And Jimmy is the last bit of grit that he never could force to get his way. Well, that again, I'm I'm fine with whatever whatever happened is cool. But I'm saying it's been thirty years. Like even Magic and Isaiah split up. I mean, even Magic and Isaiah made up. They cried on television together. Well, we thought they had made up. Didn't we get told at the Hall of Fame induction about a year ago, just about now? And, and when Jerry said, yeah, you're getting in, and, and didn't Jimmy reply, while I'm still alive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It's all good, though, man. I, at some point, he he will. Y'all just got to stop asking about him. You see, I say y'all people. I only ask because y'all forced me. Well, you asked. Y'all forced me to ask. I didn't want to. Well, it's the most. I wanted to talk about football. Well, it, that is football. That's not football. That is the vagaries of football. It is the most important shrine in all of professional sports is the ring of honor. It is the vagaries of getting into that that is really part and parcel to what I do because I have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> on the field. Football. And I can guesstimate that's, who gets in first. That's drama queen stuff. Yes. That's that's, that's why football. we're Dallas Cowboy fans. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's that is the the the, the, that is the you know what the, something to that. The sweet milk that brings me back every day is the drama, not the football. If it was the football, I'd have been gone for years. Yeah. So, Stephen Jones, Stephen Gilmore, tomorrow Mike McCarthy. You know, possibly Dak Prescott on the blitz tomorrow. We have the sense that that is in fact coming. Today's going to be. Why are they getting Dak again? Why are they getting Dak? Why not us? Well, you know, you see so, what I'm saying? Like, I don't really feel real friendly. I don't feel like I'm friends with those guys. Never anymore. begrudge a person that needs a crutch. Wow. Holy crap. Mic drop. I'm just that's saying. Mic drop. Never feel like, oh, that's a nicer wheelchair than I have. <laughs> never begrudge yeah, man, a crutch. Like, you never know, Jason, begrudge that. It's Jason a required never, piece of equipment yeah, sometimes. He never throws a lob, man. Ever. Jesus is selfish SOB. Oh, he's just fine. I hope he's waking up as he as those guys got None to sleep. Those guys in. are awake. Those typical Shout afternoon. out to Spence for waking up and coming down yeah. and getting footage for us. Because if not, we would have been left out to dry. Appreciate you, Spence. How you feeling Somebody this morning, Tim? Somebody up with this. Tim got up, played the trooper, you, and took care of us. I ha- I sense. I'm for not- those of you from the, the Cali area, I'm going to say, uh, I guess it's one word. Maybe two. Spud nuts. Is for, that one uh, or two us, words? Not them. Well, I'm, I'm just not taking them for them. That are from here know what we're talking about. Tell Dak to bring them. A spud nuts is in our future. Rudy and I got some film to watch and some practice to take care of as the Cowboy coverage continues. Thanks to AA Best Bell Bonds, Texas Cheer and Southern Recipe. We'll see you tomorrow. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh, oh. Oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else?
Cowboys, would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R in the morning. I'm starving. We didn't bring any snacks this morning. I ate a raw bagel like it was a uh, no, no, no cream it cheese. Was, I, I just threw it in a bag and no toast. Gnawed on it like I was a squirrel. Just went at it. That's a little weird. It was, That's but strange. I was hungry. Yeah, I feel you. I need some grease. As uh, we are sitting uh, live, your Dallas Cowboy training camp coverage continues here from Oxnard. I'd like to thank AA Best Bail Bonds, uh, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds for getting us out here and taking care of us. And last night we were taken care of royally. It was the annual press sojourn up to the beautiful Nobu Malibu. Yeah, yeah. I, I finally saw the PCH. Pacific Coast. So was Pacific it everything Coast Highway? And that it, the thing, this is the thing with me, man. Like, I'm... I guess uh, easily impressed because for me, I know like most people are like, oh my gosh, look at this view, look at the ocean. Me, <laughs> I'm looking at the houses on the, like, because if you ride down, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm looking at the houses yeah. on the hills, you know what I mean? Like the ocean, okay, I've seen the ocean a million times. Now it is soothing and it is a, be- a beautiful view, but those houses, man, I'm thinking like, you know, when we're passing by them, I'm like, okay, that one looks like about five. That one way up there, that one's probably about 20, 30 million. Then there's Pepperdine. It's just like, I'm just like, who are these people and how do they afford these things? Well, first of all, I don't know how anybody escapes a visit to Pepperdine University. I don't care what caliber yeah, like, D1 athlete how come you Pepper, are. Yeah, how come they Pepper, bring you yeah. in. Who says no to that? Why isn't Pepperdine a powerhouse? Pepperdine is built into the mountain that is, I say mountain, big hill that rises up behind Malibu. And the entirety of the campus is on property that is probably worth, I would say, $50 million dollars an acre i i kid yeah. you not yeah, that's crazy. how valuable that property is it is the most glorious view uh over the top of malibu and uh dollar values there are ridiculous and you wonder who right. lives like which movie star lives I, it's all that tech day? right i think it's a lot of hollywood to be quite frank yeah, I, I, there was a couple houses I was like, yeah, that's an A-list celebrity. There's got to be someone that lives behind those walls. And not going to lie, as you walk around Nobu, I'm certainly checking out every table to see if there's somebody I recognize. Yeah, I didn't no, see anybody. Every, no, you didn't, but they're all somebody. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, you're not just going to Nobu. I don't even know if you can just get in. I mean, as soon as we're walking up, there's two Rolls Royces. Yeah. I'm like, like soon as like, we're walking down, I'm like, damn, there's a big-ass Rolls Royce right there. And it looks like a damn... I don't know. It's huge. They don't look as big. In person, they're much bigger than they look on television. Land yacht. But I'm easily impressed, though. I'm shallow. I guess that's the word. Uh, last, I like all that superficial luxury crap. You know, Nobu is a, an Asian-influenced, obviously, one of those OG five stars Fantastic that everybody's food. heard of. It, 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 it was ridiculous how good the food was last night. I'm always amazed. Yeah, that um, that's the whatever it was. Like I said, filet mignon, steak, How whatever. much raw fish did you eat? I only had two. Two? And I just so I Which ones did you have? The pink one? <laughs> what was which one? Is no, that? I'm curious. Which one is the, it's a, it's the dead fish and it looked pink? It was long. Well, there were three different flavors of pink. Oh, you had some. <laughs> <Which>? <laughs> so you could tell, man. I'm a chicken tender type I, of brother. I think but, you probably t- took the one that looked most appealing. That's yes. probably tuna. So yeah, the probably, tuna. It was the tuna. It was. It was because right. I remember that. Okay, it was the tuna, and I just 
had it just so I could say I had it. I'm not. I don't eat sushi. No, but I'm not, I I eat it at Nobu every year just I, so I can say I ate sushi at Nobu. I know when it's good. I know what I'm having, but I, you know it, it was. I know it was good because it melted in my mouth like butter, like that. It was good stuff. You know, one of the things the Jones guys do is they they kind of just open up. It's a host, It is an opportunity for everybody to kind of get to know each other. Right. Um, and in the most casual circumstance you can have when you're dealing with the billionaire family that is the the Joneses. And last night was. A, a different one in our in the times that we've been there um there there's been news stories there's been things dominating the news cycle as we were all there something we were always talking about but i've never seen a circumstance where jerry was in a corner surrounded by the print nerds i was annoyed uh, but i i think I it speaks why. to the gravity of the situation we're going to play a little bit of jerry in just a second and you're going to hear um what i think Dallas Cowboy fan doesn't want to hear. And if you missed any of the first hour, I want you to go to the audio vault, the A.A. Best Bell ones audio vault, and listen to what Rudy had to say to Cowboy fan. Because I think it's a, a jarring circumstance when you think these are two good people, two people that I like, and I see, I see trouble, like severe trouble on the horizon. I can't see Zach holding out. Well, I think, I think that's the game back. Jerry's playing. I think Jerry say, is saying the same thing in many different ways because you said it even after the interview yesterday. Like, guys, did you hear? Did you take the sternness for what Jerry had to say? And we're going to hear from him in right. just a second. But I get the sense that there is a – while um, there's smiles and we all love each other on the cover, and this is just business and all that, that at least Jerry is – his foot is down and ain't moving. He ain't moving. And what he's telling you is, listen saying, to me. Yeah, he's saying it's not about Zach. It's not, he said, this is anybody. I got to pay Micah. He said, y'all can look on the horizon. He said, we can name players. We can just keep on going down the list. He didn't get into specifics on names as he did a couple of days ago when he said, I got to pay Micah. He didn't do that. But he let us know. Like, And I, I, I fully believe he is not going to give him new money. I don't believe that. Now, again, I, what may Zach end his hold down be like, all right, you know what? It didn't work. Yeah, and he may come back and play. But is he getting more money from Jerry? I can't see it. Mike McCarthy took, took the uh, the podium yesterday for the first uh, post-practice one presser. And it was uh, remarkably newsworthy for two reasons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One was uh, you breaking protocol. <laughs> and, and, and one was you causing, a, a, as I told uh, Jerry, a kerfuffle, kerfuffle. Uh, by jumping in line in front of those pasty-faced print guys. And uh, two, and this is more importantly, uh, Coach Mike McCarthy talking about his star defensive player number 11 and his day one practice. Impact. I mean, I, I think he had a normal day. He's very impactful. And, and I think, you know, just talking with him a bit, you know, afterwards, he... You know, he he said I'll be better tomorrow, and I, you know, you know, the offensive side of me said, "Hell, I hope not." But uh, you know, I was glad to hear him put that, you know, put that emphasis on on where he is and what he's trying to get done. But yeah, he's it, it was day one for all of us. I mean, they're, 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 the 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 only you know the the department that won yesterday was the video department. You know, that was the best thing to come out of yesterday because it gave us great tape mm. to teach off of. So uh, it's just an illustration of it was day one in pads, and we have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. That was after day one. Now, day two, you could tell a little bit of work had been put in as the offense uh, looked uh, markedly, markedly oh, the, better. The offense was balling, but the defense uh... – they're already on the same page. Again, like we just talked with, Coach, excuse me, defensive coach uh, Dan Quinn. 
said, yeah, we got nine rookies on that side of the ball. But for the most part, I mean, when you look at that defense, the continuity is there. The core is there, and the system's been there now for going on well the third three years. So I think they're fine. Now, one of the issues that we've I've found very interesting is the the mathematics involved in in the development of a player and a team in training camp under the current CBA. The number of snaps you're allowed, what you can do and what you can't do, and and what you need to do to get your team ready for the game. And with that in mind, Rudy, uh, you were you had a well, I jumped in line. You had a burning question. I got in trouble. So, because we edited your question out. Yeah. Uh, what was the question that you asked? I just said that you are you feel like you have to play guys more in the preseason because you don't get those padded practices because you don't get that physicality in in training camp anymore. So, you know, again, after I got slapped on the hand for not. Well, you got you know, they didn't come immediately. They didn't wrestle you to the ground. You, no. they, they were like, just you know, just a second. I mean, they weren't mad at you. They were kind of like, you got to let the pasty faced journalists go yeah, first. So you know, Mike is they mad at me. The the people that handle the the press conference is mad at me. I'm getting in trouble for not recording. I just you know, it may be just time to send me home. Well, you know, uh, we've heard, I've been told by all those dot com types that live in this state that you got to be a disruptor. You got to you got to get in. You got to shake the so snow I'm, globe, baby. So you got to get in good. there and give it I'm a good. I'm doing good. I, I thought you shook the snow globe. You shook it around so much so that you got chastised three times. You you not only did you jump in line, you uh, illegally recorded it, and and and, and then uh, you played it out loud. <laughs> It's only illegal. No, but you're disrupting. It's man. only illegal if I post it to my social. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't they, they post were, it. They were being touched. That's what I told them. I said, hey, man, you go to Rudy J underscore star and check my social media. I ain't recording no press checks. Check my history. Yeah, man. Check my search history. Check my history. You want to check my history? Um, that's a terrible segue. No. Uh, I, I was segueing into a spot, and I was about to dive into it, and I'd like to apologize <laughs> for what I was about to do. Okay, go ahead. Can I reset? Can I rewind it yeah. and talk about uh, Arosti? I'll give you a mulligan. I play a lot of golf. Here's your mulligan. Uh, uh, do I get a mulligan? Can yeah, I redo it? So I, I'm going to set it right there for club length. Club yeah, length yeah. away. Speaking of Jason and Joe, Rob, you know, these are people that I call my friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I call these people my okay. friends. I kick it with them. We sleep together. I have now, a feeling I know where you're going. And when you're not, it's, this is what you know how a true friend is when they defend you in rooms you're not in okay that's how you know somebody is a friend well jason Minix, who i considered a friend i call my bro sat down with michael parsons everybody knows the story by now if you don't know the story you know you can go and find it at sasportstar.com slash audio vault check ourselves no you tell listen i'll just say it in one brief sentence you wished upon micah parsons two and a half sacks for the season that's what you wished upon because that's he, in print because he big time uh, oh, i'm not there saying a, that you were justified in effect but you did okay wish upon him two and a half sacks for the entire season right okay. so i was i was tasked to go out on the field yesterday with the microphone and get live footage and all this other thing. So by the time I didn't know they were whisking Micah in, I wasn't able to come we can, around. We needed to keep you all separate. Yeah, I wasn't able to come over here. You got to keep here. the Alpha Bulls yeah, apart. I wasn't able to come over here when um, Micah was in the tent. I texted him, somebody said, hey, let me know when Micah's there. He doesn't, you know, he's one of these guys that don't keep his phone up on his up his butt like I do. <laughs> so he didn't know that I had texted him. So by the time Micah was done, I had already missed it. <laughs> We're not going to break yet. No. So we got thirty we got fifteen more minutes. So what did Jason Minix do behind my back when Micah Parsons comes? A little bit of butt kissing is what it sounds like, Edwin. 
Man, I, I don't know yet. It, but it will be a dominant performance. Now, more than 13 and a half? More than 13 and a half. All right. Well, okay. so certainly more than so two and a half. And I, I got to be honest with you, man. And, and I'm not throwing my guy under the bus here, but I but am. How's the view Our morning the guy, Rudy J. Is Rudy J around here anywhere? I have he, no he, idea. he hadn't showed up yet. He, he Being a troll that he is. Wrote on Instagram last night, two and a half, and you actually responded to it. Yeah. On, 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 you know, <laughs> you, you, you look for it, and I was wishing Rudy J would have the the balls to come up here and, and be here while I ask this question. But I know wow. you've got to wrap up and get to a meeting. So, what message do you have for our guy, Rudy J? Uh, I have Rudy beat the first week. <laughs> the first the week. First week. Yeah. There you go. Sandy Dimes is going down, huh? Is that what yeah. we're saying? Yeah, that's good. That <laughs> He's just trolling, man. It was fine. It's fine if you want to kiss Micah's butt, but when you say, "I thought Rudy would have the balls to show up," there's a text message that shows I was trying to show up. I was like, "Hey, when Micah gets to the tent, somebody text me." Didn't get the text. Rob. I think you didn't even text me, and you were here. No, I was with oh, you. Oh, you were with me. I was with you. you. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, but I was, I was sent to keep – like I said, you might be the match that lit the fire to the defensive <laughs> player of the year. You might be the dude. Uh, am I going to get credit? On day one of padded practice that said, I hope – it's just two and a half in the fire that was lit yesterday. We can't have you guys run hey, together. Rudolph Gonzalez says Rudy's the Draymond of sports. <laughs> that's, that's just it. We need to we need to maintain the fantasy that there's a Rudy J lurking out there to call out Micah when he's not playing up to to standard. Nah, he said two and a half the first week. But shout out to Micah for playing along. He could have been, you know, he could have been a butt about it. He was really cool about it, so I appreciate that. And we heard the word. We've heard it from him and Micah, and we heard it from McCarthy. Impact. When the dude is on the field, it is impact. Yeah. Just it's nonstop against doesn't matter. It's impact. He, you talked about it earlier. It was a scary minute, a scary moment, but. He was right underneath Dak because yeah. of the impact. They couldn't keep him away. Well, well, just remember how he got here, okay? Sertain and Horn get taken. So the Cowboys take best available, who at that time is Micah Parsons, right? So they bring in Micah Parsons, then he's at linebacker. Demarcus Lawrence gets hurt, and they say, Micah, um, have you ever played defensive end? He's like, no, uh, but y'all want me to give it a shot. I'll do it, you know, for the betterment of the team. And then he excels yeah, to, to one of the best uh, top three defensive end in the league. Like, the the path that he's been on, the journey from not he, – he's not even supposed to be a Cowboy. The Cowboys were going to take Horn or Sertain. Then he's a Cowboy. Then Mark's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And he told the Blitz, like, yeah, I was beefed up, but I just leaned out. When you look at him, when I was standing next to him the day he big-timed me, I was like, he looks leaner than ever. But he, but I think he's stronger. You know, one of the things I love watching about those defensive ends and edges is the prep work prior to the seven-on-seven, seven, the hand-to-hand -hand combat that these guys go through, whether you're an edge or a tackle. That's nothing compared to the professional fighter league that's coming to San Antonio right now. You want to see hand-to-hand -hand combat that truly matters. This is an elimination tournament. Well, it's coming to San Antonio, and it's going to be at our Tech Port Center. It is going to be that step that where the next greats come from, they come from the 
this tournament. And if you want to go see the PFL, we got your four tickets right now. 656-3776, 656-ESPN. Make that dial. Dial that number right now. And if you're caller number three, be quick on that dial. You're going to go see the PFL with a couple of fun friends and fam out at the beautiful Techport. There is no better arena in San Antonio to go see an event like that. It's at the Techport. We got the tickets. What a match. Dial 656-3776. And you, too, will be watching the PFL coming up at the Techport coming up this weekend. Mm. We uh, What's up? We had uh, Dan Quinn uh, come by earlier this morning. Yeah, yeah, I think some people missed it. Now, I, I have a feeling that even if you heard it, you didn't hear it. He so, was way not, I th- Considering the way his defense is played, he was way nicer than I thought. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, you know how sometimes you have a perceived way you think people are going to well, be? Well, I think we were the beneficiary of a guy that's you know, is losing his voice already. True. And he, when he sat down, it was, so I think he was kind of trying to whisper talk, whisper scream. You know how coaches have to learn how to do that. So he sounded more reserved than I think he is, but I, well, you're going to hear for yourself when we come back from break. It's a guy who you can tell is overseeing this wonderfully talented team and has the ability to play you're going to hear from how he talked about when Gilmore arrived, all he could do is throw a pool at, party and throw a pool party and look into space and say, I've got these 11 really good ball players. And what can I do if I move this guy here and this guy there? What can I do? It's that kind of thing that, that when you think Dan Quinn, you wonder, does he believe that the player makes the system or that the system makes the player? Mm-hmm. I think he believes the player makes the system, that he goes and gets players and fits that system up. Now, I think he's got a unique I think system. That's, I think out loud, yes. I think deep down. But like, every hey, coach I, believes, yeah, if like, you do what I tell me. you to do with right. your things, <laughs> right. you will be a superstar. Keep, let's keep it real. Well, you guys decide for yourself. We're going to come back with head coach Dan Quinn, and then we're going to follow it up with his boss, Jerry Jones. Is that his boss? Uh, well... Well, yes, of course. depending on how many yeah. wins and losses I there thought are. it was Mike. I thought Mike McCarthy was I, You involved. know, the ultimate, the, the decider okay. would be upper echelon. Hey, you're, Chain of command. That's what it is. We've <laughs> all been in the military. We know what the uh, rank has its privilege. Right. And we'll hear from the uh, the four-star general as well. This is R&R in the morning. We'll be right back from the tennis courts. Dallas Cowboys uh, training camp coverage continues. Brought to you by AA Best Bell Bonds, Texas Cheer Liquor, and, of course, our good friends over at Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Run. Uh, Dan Quinn next. sitting down with us. Morning, Coach. We're glad you're here with yeah, us. Yeah, good morning, man. I'm pumped to be on with you guys. And so, excuse my voice a little bit. Oh, extra teaching, you. extra classroom. <laughs> so I apologize for that. How's training camp going? You know, it's been a blast. I was uh, so um, excited. And uh, just prior to getting on the plane, I saw one of the players, and he just grabbed me a smile and a hug. And he's like, man, we get to. And I was like, I like that. It wasn't like, I have to go to training camp. Yes. It was like, Q, we get to. And yes. it was like a smile and a hug um, because they were so excited to to kind of show the work that they put it in. So I love that mindset. Get to versus have to. And I thought that made me smile when I saw him. And uh, I know this man. Now, now, Coach, think back to the beginnings of your career. Was that the same attitude then uh, most of the time? Or is it different I th- now? I think it's um, – that's a good question. It's different. Well, training camp's different, of course, too. But – um, not everybody had that mindset. Right. I see so many of these players have the get to right now, but um, it was definitely different. There's 
there is a real advantage to coming away. I know it's, you know, for you guys, you know, traveling all the way out here, but there's a connection that takes place. Um, there's some things just being away together as a group. You may not be able to, to quantify it and put a number on it, you know, the importance that, you know, we can't measure that. But I would say this connection that they have, they're in between meetings or at night or being together, mm-hmm. it integrates your team as good as you can. And so when it gets to, you know, late January where they're, you know, in a playoff game and loud as hell and, you know, there's about two minutes left and, you know, it's 13, 13 when, when you're connected in that way, not just like, yeah, you know this guy as a teammate, but like you got to go for back. this guy because like you've put it in yeah. together, you spent the time. Some of that happens here. We're at training camp. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. Well, Coach, you've got the lay of the land now. I mean, you've been around this camp a couple, three times, and you're really ensconced here. Um, yep. uh, what is the, the difference with being in – with this team and you know you're organized you you knew what you had coming in you added a couple of pieces but this is essentially the team that you've been putting together for the last couple of years what's what's the attack method now i think it's uh you feel where you're not you know back to the bottom of the hill you're you, we're now kind of like at like a base camp mm-hmm. and you go back to that space because so many players have had some experience we know each other well and we've got a lot to prove and right. so we're not starting at ground one and so it's definitely harder for the new player this year than the new player three years ago you know so the micah and osa and chauncey and bose in class and kelvin that class they weren't so far behind the veterans because they had only had the off season to put the information in and uh like remember law you know yelling at these other guys come on man they know this you know fill <laughs> yeah. in the blank yeah, yeah, better yeah, than yeah, we yeah, do yeah, you know yeah, right. and so so what do you do that for Mozzie? What do you do for the young the guys? Case, you know, when you know you've got that uh, a class that's you know a couple of grades ahead, and you're trying to get a guy caught up, what do you do for that? That's a it's a great one because they, there has to be some extra time, and you find the little windows to to coach the rookie on the specific things that they'll need to do. And so they may not get everything right away, but this is really important for you to play it at this spot. Then we can keep stacking and adding on to it. Cores and concepts and precise later. Yes, and so once we get the concepts in, then we can you know, work around and feature guys in a different space. But for the rookie, it's also an important time to, for us to, to find out what they can do. You know, not everybody does everything really well, but if we can find the things you're really good at and put you into those roles when you get into the game, that's when it can really take off because they have those specific roles when they get the game. Like, I can do this better than anybody. And, you know, in a way it's a, you know, in the NBA, a guy who can, you know, shoot behind the arc and he can catch right. and shoot, you know. And so you can deliver somebody who can catch and shoot. I think of like a Ray Allen who's like, catch and shoot and how did you drill him i remember him talking about like in his practice doing like a couple a push-up before a catch and shoot because people he had to push off somebody yeah he had the backpedal. i've seen him i've the, seen that can clip. you imagine that kind of detail that you go into or or you know the, the way that steph curry moves to right catch and shoot i want to say something and, as, like, as, that drill work is it's 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 awesome co- right. this is coach dan quinn defensive coordinator with the cowboys sitting next to us in uh blue 11s Giving us basketball references. <laughs> Respect. You, you're a baller? You, you appreciate the game? Uh, I definitely do. All right. Um, Absolutely. You know, so just, you, you know, following through the, do you, do you the play? playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm more catch and shoot, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I've become. In my life, you know, but uh, I do really respect it. And, that's uh, awesome. I think the NBA has done a good job of, you know, developing players. And I'm certainly interested into that to see how they take somebody, you know, and sometimes they may only have one year of college or none and work them up and how do they go and utilize those players to keep improving because 
to me, development sometimes gets a bad word where it's, it's not just the younger player. Like, we're developing all the guys. Absolutely. Like, Micah's developing. You know, he's getting better. J. Ron Curse is developed. Like, there's always things that they work on to get better at. And so you don't want to think, if you think, hey, I made it, I don't have to work anymore, like, say, say goodbye. That's, a, that's it. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I, I don't think media or fans understand how hyper-competitive the players are. You know, when I was out at practice yesterday, you know, you know your side of the ball. There's some barkers. Like, how do y'all toe the line of competitive versus where it gets late? Okay, that may be a little bit too far. That may be a little bit too harsh. Like, how do you toe that line? But Because you want that competitiveness, yes. but you also don't want it to go too far. Yes, and I think it's a, it's a challenge because we want them to push that all the way right. to the line. Like, toes on the line, <laughs> right. and but not cross it. And so that is learning – I would say where to compete. Don't compete in the wrong spots. Mm. You know, too much after the play to get you out of whack for the next one. So learning where your spots are, how to do that, I think that's important because if somebody loses a focus for just a moment, whether it's on the receiving end of something or saying something you didn't get the call, then that crossed that line. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of it, they are connected and they are tight. So, um, they just want to bring it and, and go, and it's kind of in their DNA what they're made of, and that's why these guys are unique. You know, if right. everybody could do it, they'd do it. So right. they, they, they got a little extra something, something in them that allowed them to get to this level of a competitor. Because quite honestly, you wouldn't be here in this environment in this arena if you didn't have that extra. You already had digs. Your initial reaction when you found out y'all acquired Gilmore. Yeah, pool party. <laughs> um, pool party time. It was yeah. uh, a nice addition, and um, I had heard a lot about the man as well as the ball player. A yes. number of people texted me, Dan, is this a great guy? I remember, you know, Matt Ryan who played with him in Indy, or just, you know, like players that texted me, other coaches that texted me to say, hey, man, you really, you got one here. And, and I've seen that when he has something to share with a teammate, whether it's on offense or defense, he's so willing to do that. And so when you add – uh, the ball player and the man um, of that caliber, um, it it expounds into other you know parts of your defense. You know, I'm always curious about the witchcraft of forming a team and, and getting the guys to fill a role and play that kind of thing. And when you look at your team, that was already a team. I mean, you and you add a guy of that weight and gravitas. What's it like implementing a guy like Gilmore onto a team that's already been pretty damn successful? Um, well, I'll tell you a story that happened probably about three weeks ago. I was out um, walking with my wife. And about, I must have been about 10 minutes had gone by, and she says, where are they? And I said, where, where's who? And she said, where are the players in your head? You haven't said anything for like 10 minutes. I'm just sitting there watching you. <laughs> and we were just walking. I said, oh, my bad. <laughs> so I said, well, we're doing good. You know, we call that an RPP. Yeah, That's a rich people problem right there. I was there. like, all right, what would, we, what would that look like if he was over to this side, and how would that go? And so I do enjoy that because um, part of me in this camp is learning some of the new players and what they could do. That's, you know, some of the rookies that we have. We have nine, you know, rookies that are here, um, including Steph, you know, who's new. But there's a good nucleus. But adding these new guys, that's been a real priority for me coming into camp. You know, what are some of your goals coming in to say, can I really integrate the new guys? Can I really, you know, understand what makes them that and who needs work in what area? And, and that's why sometimes in practice we're now just calling plays to see some guys, you know. Like, I want to see a lot of man-to-man, I guess, mm-hmm. the tight end. That's a nice part of training camp, like, I can do that, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and get a. How, how much control do, do you have on that? When, inside the parameters of you know cut sheets and plays and timing and all of that, how much control do you have on? Quite a bit. And so because you do want to find out what you know certain guys have. There's a 
overall knowledge to have. Is it built in that flexibility for you? Yes, and certainly there's other moments that you want to see. You know, some of the big guys I want to see in the run stuff. Some of the pass guys I want to see playing man-to-man because we like playing aggressive and playing on to people and then playing tight into our coverage. So let's see what that looks like. So all of us have, we call them work-ons, some things that we're, you know, working on to get better at, coaches and players. But for me, some of my work-ons are I want to find out what, unique stuff a guy has and say let's see more of that or let's see less or try somebody else into that spot so it's ongoing over the next month that i'll that i'll find out more and more some in practice some in the preseason games that's how we do it one of my work ons is getting you on time so i want to appreciate you stopping by coach dan quinn sitting in with us here r and r in the morning here on 94.1 san antonio sports star we appreciate your time this morning good health great season uh we look forward to talking to you again we appreciate the sport and uh look forward to seeing everybody when we get back home Dan Quinn, your Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. Uh, energetic, to say the least, as he uh, passed through the uh, friendly confines of the 94-1 star media tent. Kind of voiceless. Yeah. It, I mean, a lot of yelling and a lot of screaming, obviously, is training camp. You kind of get guys get going, but a lot more pleasant than I thought. And a, a sneakerhead, clearly. Rob checking out the man's Jordan. I look now, the man had 11s on. Like, <laughs> first of all, why are you running on grass with those 11s? First of all, that's, a, that's a crime. He wears them. Well, no, I respect. You know, the funny thing is, of the 11s are my favorite shoe, but they are the most uncomfortable yeah, shoes uncomfortable. ever put out. They look great. They're they look good. Though. They're like putting on hooves. Yeah, I hate them. They're, and they're too narrow. You have to have too a, narrow. Yeah, I, I got a foot. I got a wide yeah. flat foot, so they don't work for me. But when your defensive coordinator is giving you basketball references, I I much respect well, see, given. I, I I think he forgot. We're from San Antonio. When you talk about Ray Allen, yeah, up off the floor, I didn't want to go the there. Like, we don't bring I his didn't name want, up. We didn't have enough time. If like, let's say we were doing like a thirty-minute interview, I'd be like, "Hey, you do know that's a you know Ray a Allen spot blessed coach. us with adversity, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that caused us to yeah, react yeah, in hey, a rather violent a, way. We don't talk about Ray Allen in these parts. You know I, what I was struck by with with Quinn is this is a dude that's living pretty good right now. Yeah, you know, you know. What, what's the what's the prince that's in waiting? Prince, it's it's is it's uh, who's the one that's actually going to? Charles got now he's king, right? His oldest son, the one he's that guy. You you can't do anything wrong. You just just got to be you and let other things play out. And you're no matter what happens, you're going to be fine. And you're the most popular. It's almost like being the backup QB because you know Dan Quinn knows next year if he wants to be a head coach, he will be a head coach. He could have been. To be. I thought. Yeah. I thought Denver wanted them yes. before they got Sean Payton. And I think it's the ability to just take over the defense with all the skill and all of that that has allowed him this like peace of mind to go focus on some of those things. We're going to look at what he had to say. Look forward to a full day of practice. And remember, Stephen Jones is going to be live on these airways in uh, less than uh, about three hours. So yeah. you're not going to want to go anywhere. Oh, no, by the way, Stephon Gilmer is going to step on by too, right? That's sometime this afternoon. That'll be here today. That's what we do because we cover yeah. the Dallas Cowboys like none other in Central and South Texas. We're about done with today's show, but man, this day is just beginning. Um, we've had Quinn. Yep, yep. We've had Jerry yesterday. Uh, we will have Stephen Jones uh, in this seat right beside me. Uh, Jason about and Joe, going about 1030 is the expectation. So you do not want to miss this because the, there's, there's something in the wind. I could feel it last night. Jerry was taking it from all sides and giving his side. This Zach Martin thing is about to either 
disappear because Zach's going to get tired of eating the 50K. Yeah. Or we're not going to see him for a while. I don't get the sense that the Cowboys are ready to buckle or could buckle or could move. There is no could. They're not. Right. They're not. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I ain't going to call Jerry Jones a liar. Man, nice enough to sit down with us. I'm not going to call the man a liar. And Jerry says, I just don't have it. It's not It's not personal. It's not anything to do with Zach. I just don't have it. And your rookie, taken care of. When it was time to pay you, made you the highest paid guard in the league, gave you $40 million guaranteed, 84 over the t- over the duration of the contract. He's not going to do it. You know, you. I mean, well, I know for sure RJ and Jason kind of feel like they're going to get it done. Joe, Joe feels like getting it done. I don't. Now, again, he may come back to camp on his own free will, or maybe they rework it and give him some money for it. I don't know, but I can't see him getting more money against the cap when they still have to pay CD and Dak. Excuse me, Dak and Micah. Dak. So, and Micah and, and CD and, CD, and, and Tyler Biotish and Terrence Steele. And there's a race with a couple of these guys because when you're talking CD Lamb, the dollar values for wide receivers are like slot machine wheels. If you don't get in there quick, that's that zero is going to be a nine. And then it's going to be another zero with another digit turn. I mean, the money is just skyrocketing. You got to get in there quick if they if they wait too long on CD. And we know that Dak's going to get paid sooner than later. We sure? Well, I'm pretty comfortable sure? with the fact, man. After everything else, uh, all that we've been hearing, this offense is as much a part of what Dak is as is what McCarthy wants it to be. Would you bet a mortgage payment? Uh, how long? How many years? If you're going to ask me three years, Dak will be the quarterback for the Cowboys for the next oh, okay. three years. Uh, if you're going to ask me anything over that, I don't know. All right. Well, get it done. Because, again, you just add to the speculation, you add to the drama, you add to the possible controversy if you don't get it done this year because you're leaving yourself an out for next season. So get it done to keep yourself from all the drama. The other thing that I took away from Jerry's interview yesterday that we really haven't talked about is his response to the Jimmy in the Ring of Honor because it was a masterful tap dance. But but one of the things that he wanted to make sure that we knew. Yeah, he tap danced. Was, he didn't really answer it. Well, he wanted to make sure that he knew, like, you know, Tex Schramm told me, no committees, don't ask anybody, this is your decision, and it's not even about the best player. No. So you don't have to ever justify the fact and quantify something, well, he's the best, he has to go in. It has to be this cowboyness. That makes it, now, he's the decider. This is what's going to drive a Cowboy fan crazy. Now, the he, he left this door open, but he did actually mention by name on our show, Bill Parcells. Because when I asked, I asked him, hey, you said there was a couple coaches that may get in that, you know, before Jimmy. Now, the other coach besides Bill Parcells is he's just talking about Barry Switzer. Now, you want to piss Cowboy fan off. Yes. Put Parcells and Switzer in before Jimmy. That, I think that right there would, that would be like. That's needling. It would be. That's needling not only the fan base, but it's also needling Jimmy. Well, I think what what like what what Jerry has done over the last thirty six hours was poke Jimmy in the eye. It just poked him. Like you know what? Not only are you not in, I'm thinking about other coaches. If he was to put Switzer in, it would go from a poke in the eye to a kick in the nuts. Like you know I've what? Never you been, think that was bad? I've never been mad at somebody for thirty years. You know, I, I you, you know, the funny thing is I think you defined it in a in a way that I don't think a lot of us can understand is guys like Jerry Jones always get their way. Either they you, either it's given to you, 
it's taken by him or it's bought by him, but they get their way. <laughs> right. And Jimmy is the last bit of grit that he never could force to get his way. Well, that again, I'm I'm fine with whatever whatever happened is cool. But I'm saying it's been 30 years. Like even Magic and Isaiah split up. I mean, even Magic and Isaiah made up. They cried on television together. Well, we thought they had made up. Didn't we get told at the Hall of Fame induction about a year ago, just about now? And, and when Jerry said, yeah, you're getting in, and, and didn't Jimmy reply, while well, I'm still alive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It's all good, though, man. I, at some point, he, he will. Y'all just got to stop asking about him. You see, I say y'all people. I only ask because y'all forced me. Well, you asked. Y'all forced me to ask. I didn't want to. Well, it's the most. I wanted to talk about football. Well, it, that is football. That's not football. That is the vagaries of football. It is the most important shrine in all of professional sports is the ring of honor. It is the vagaries of getting into that that is really part and parcel of what I do because I have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> on the field. Football. And I can guesstimate that's, who gets in first. That's drama queen stuff. Yes. That's that's, that's why football. we're Dallas Cowboy fans. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's that is the the the, the that is the you know what? The, something to that. The sweet milk that brings me back every day is the drama, not the football. If it was the football, I'd have been gone for years. Yeah. So, Stephen Jones, Stephen Gilmore, tomorrow Mike McCarthy. You know, possibly Dak Prescott on the blitz tomorrow. We have the sense that that is in fact coming. Today's going to be. Why are they getting Dak again? Why are they getting Dak? Why not us? Well, you know, you see so, what I'm saying? Like, I don't really feel real friendly. I don't feel like I'm friends with those guys. Never anymore. begrudge a person that needs a crutch. Wow. Holy crap. Mic drop. I'm just that's saying. Mic drop. Never feel like, oh, that's a nicer wheelchair than I have. <laughs> never begrudge yeah, man, a crutch. Like, you never know, Jason, begrudge that. It's Jason a required never, piece of equipment yeah, sometimes. He never throws a lob, man. Ever. Jesus is selfish SOB. Oh, he's just fine. I hope he's waking up as he as those guys got None to sleep. Those guys are awake. Those typical Shout afternoon. out to Spence for waking up and coming down yeah. and footage for us. Because if not, we would have been left out to dry. I appreciate you, Spence. How are you feeling Somebody this morning, Tim? Somebody get up with this. Tim got up, played the trooper, you, and took care of us. I ha- I sense. I'm for not- those of you from the, the Cali area, I'm going to say, uh, I guess it's one word. Maybe two. Spud nuts. Is for, that one uh, or two us, words? Not them. Well, I'm, I'm just not saying taking those them for them. That are from here know what we're talking about. Tell Dax to bring them. A spud nuts is in our future. Rudy and I got some film to watch and some practice to take care of as the cowboy coverage continues. Thanks to AA Best Bell Bonds, Texas Cheer and Southern Recipe. We'll see you tomorrow.